listening to the Gamecaster. Gamecaster. Gamecasters. Natalie, Jeff, and Ryan are the Gamecasters, and they do a board game show, inboxes, and nooks, and games, and top five lists, and sometimes there's fart jokes. Well, 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 look who's back. Here I am enjoying a nice conversation with Jeff and Natalie that I was hopefully uh, turning to eventually turn into a threesome discussion when you all pop up and <laughs> actually this is perfect. Would you like a glass of wine? Shall I put on some tenacious D, draw us all a bath and read a few chapters of the Lord of the Rings, the two towers to get us all in the mood for my food? Whoa. <laughs> now that you're thoroughly nauseated, the rest of this episode will seem <laughs> exceptional by comparison. Welcome to the Gamecasters, the board gaming podcast that skirts the line between shock value, cancel worthy offensiveness and childlike innocence mixed with a cocktail of narcissism and self-indulgence. Somewhere in between those things is likely something for you to resonate with. So please stick around for just a few more months to see what you actually think. That's a bunch of bullshit. We're like the show The Boys. You'll likely yeah. know in the first few minutes whether or not this is for you. Yeah, whether well, you just turn it off. Or, <laughs> right. Yeah. But actually, let me say this. I'm going to get real for a second here. If this is the first time you're listening to us, and you've made it this far without turning it off and going to something more palatable, I'll ask you to wait. Give us one episode. Listen to this one episode from front to back. If by the end of this episode you have not been converted, then go listen to another episode. <laughs> There's 97 of them now, for fuck's sake. One of them should do something for you. No, but I'm serious. There is a lot of dick jokes and stuff, for sure. Mm -hmm. But that's not all we're about here. There's also a lot of vagina jokes. We don't discriminate. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm serious. We like What we like to foster here on the show is a sense of authenticity. Not stuffy characters that we're pretending to be or faint attempts at being professional sounding just to make ourselves feel important. This show is us. If you meet us IRL, this is pretty much exactly what you'll get. Granted, we're a bit more quote-unquote on during recording sessions as we're putting on a fucking show for you, but this is <laughs> yeah. us. The sex jokes are just one side of who we are. The bottom front, the best quadrant. Yeah, the best quadrant. <laughs> but we're also like everyone else in the world. We have a goofy side, a serious side, an analytical side, a sensitive side, a bit of a fucked up side, a creative side. So while occasionally... You're going to hear Jeff tell stories about pictures showing up on, uh, of boyfriends doing unspeakable things to girlfriends on their TV during family functions. That was good. <laughs> You'll also hear fairly adequate and poignant thoughts on the newest games and sometimes deeper, more serious discussion in the Natalie's Nook segment about behavioral abnormalities at the gaming table. Yes, we run the gamut of emotion here. And while we may not be the best show out there, we're definitely not the second best either. No, <laughs> no, no, no. But so yeah, maybe you should stop listening. Actually. You've just put so much pressure on episode 97 right 97 now. 97 is like, oh. if you just start listening, you now you listen to the entire thing and then decide. The reason I say that is because Why a lot you listen of times, to 93? We know 93 is solid. 93 is good. Go listen to 93. Yeah, go back. Okay. <laughs> a ton of downloads. Don't go let this be your first that episode. Is the, if you don't like yeah. this one, the benchmark is episode 93. No, the reason I say that is because of the <laughs> intro, I usually go off and do some weird, crazy shit. And then if that's all you listen to, you might be like, no. What is yeah. this? I don't fucking like this. Are and, and and that's only one part. It's not the well, whole show's like that. Okay, the whole show's mostly like that. But but there's <laughs> like also eight, a lot of different like yeah, more serious discussion. Okay. Serious I said this discussion. in a conversation I was having with someone the other day, but every single bit of content that you put out is an opportunity for another first impression. Somewhere out there is someone experiencing you for the first time. So you really need to sell yourself and put your best foot forward each and every episode, video, blog, reel, whatever it is you're making. And authenticity, I think, is paramount. Be yourself. That's what we will offer you guys. We are ourselves. If you find it terrible that it's not for you, that's fair enough. But like I said, listen to one full episode. Doesn't have to be this one. We're not putting all the pressure on 97. <laughs> Listen to one full episode before you make that final judgment. You may just find that we're your new best friends. So, Jeff, Natalie, 
I want to ask you guys this question. Jeff, I want to start with you. We're going to go oh. counter- counterclockwise. Ooh, okay. I if like you this. could say something to our new listener, hi, new listener, about what they're going to get from our show, what would you, what would you say? Hey, new listener. The three of us pride ourselves as we talk to make you feel like you're sitting at the table with us. That's what we've always kind of said we want to do. We want to feel like, we want you to feel like you're here with us, mm-hmm. that you're laughing along with us because of what you just said, Ryan, about we're authentic, we're who we are. And I guess the sum, Ryan is the host. Okay. He is, he is the glue. If Natalie and I were just on a show, I don't think that people would listen. That's not I true. Agree. I think, but okay. I think you could say that now, about any of the two of us. If, so Ryan is the host and the star. Natalie is the funny one. Yeah, and <laughs> totally. Natalie's the one everyone likes. <laughs> yeah, Natalie is the favorite Jeff's by the one with far. The, the biggest penis. And then <laughs> I am the third wheel of no, the no, podcast. No, no, you are. I have been on the least amount of episodes. That's of true. The Game okay, Masters. that's true. He's also the voice of reason. He is. He rates us in. He brings us in when we're getting off the rails. Also, yeah. no, what I think it is, and I've said this before, is Natalie and I did the show by ourselves for a while, and it it wasn't like bad or anything, but we needed that. Third kind of heat. Hey, you watch 30 yeah. Rock. You need to <laughs> outside that outside perspective. kind of heat. So you'll find that Natalie Experience. and I will get off on this, you know, one type of heat. And then Jeff comes in with the convection. With a second heat. Yeah. Or a third <laughs> yeah, heat. Yeah, the third yeah. heat. And that's what We're makes the show great. We're all in heat great. eventually. <laughs> yeah, we all, because, you know, it was, the, the game caster had started. If you would go back and listen to episode one. First of all, if you're going to find an episode and let's do it, don't make it one. Shouldn't through. be one. Sorry, Jeremy, one we love through. you. But <laughs> if you want a taste of the show, Pick something. Although I think it's good to go 70. back and yeah, see you where can. it started yeah, and then what like, it's become. You might be like, this is okay. Yeah. And then you like progress, see the progression. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that was shit. This is great now. <laughs> so now <laughs> with the three of us, the two of you play games together, together so yeah. much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I play games Almost with different sets of people, right? I have a game right. group. Mm-hmm. I do the board game club. So I have different, a little bit of different perspective yeah. to sort of bring the table. And now we play games sometimes right before the show. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of can, can give you a lot of views on on games from different perspectives of the community, which is kind of cool. That's a good point. I agree with all of that. All right, Natalie, what do you got? Um, what do you think? I was going to say, think, funny one you're going to yeah, get yeah. the giggles. You're going to get honest game reviews. You're going to get a bunch of ridiculous inside jokes. Which, and if you keep listening, you will be a part of. Yeah, you will be a part of one. I love inside it, jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Were you going to say that joke? Oh, no. shit. Cut this out. I had my shit, and, and then end with my last one, and then you just I took like... It? No, you just oh, like, I knocked interrupted you off your rhythm. Oh, I knocked you off your rhythm. I apologize. Let's restart. You're Cut also sometimes going to get a little bit of infighting. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Or then here, then then some babes here and there. Yeah, babe. Oh, oh, and then they yell at us for talking. Oh my god, we have the same number four, babe. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. No, what's your so, last no, one? No, no, no. You know what? Start I feel like over. it's kind of ruined. No, no okay. Say okay. it all again. No, it's going to be just better. Start at the beginning. We'll pretend like we didn't. It's going to be better. Go ahead. Start at the beginning. Number one. You're going to get the giggles. Okay. Yeah. You're going to get honest game reviews. You're going to get a bunch of ridiculous inside jokes, and then you'll definitely be uncomfortable. Oh yes, yeah, you will be. Yes, you will be. But as they were with the infighting. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's one that's only one gradient of uncomfortable that you're gonna yeah. that you're gonna experience <laughs> while you're listening to our show. Uh we don't only have these banter sections. How the however, every episode starts the same way with this bantery stuff. You'll find out what we're doing, what kind of TV shows we're watching, what movies we've been watching. Um, just whatever crazy nonsensical thing has happened to us will usually be in this portion of the show. This particular episode I'm using to kind of uh, reintroduce ourselves. Okay, Jeff kind of did a good job with that. I'm Ryan, Jeff, and then Natalie over there. And the three of us are are just best friends. We're just all best friends. And we um, just We're love to play games. And we also, all three of us <laughs> love have. to talk. 
Yeah. And so what's better for that is then Narcissism Incorporated is this <laughs> podcast. Then we're used to like, if you went back all the way to like episode 20 something, 30 something. When you first joined? When it was like, hey, oh my gosh, we just got like an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. Oh and now we're like, we just, just can't stop fucking talking. And, yeah, and now it's yeah. like, oh my God, we just hit three hours. We can't do that again. Oh my God, we have three and a half hour show. <laughs> I told somebody so at sorry work, in advance. I told somebody at work that I do... A podcast about board games and they're like oh wow that's cool how often do you do it like once every other couple months and i'm like no like every other week and they're like oh wow okay how long are they i'm like ah th- at this time yeah, like, at this time it was like, like they're about two hours two two and a half and he was like how the fuck do you talk about board games for two hours every other week <laughs> Shut Easy. Up, guy. i, I could do it for double that <laughs> mind your own business yeah oh my gosh yeah. it was it was really I funny because i didn't have a good answer for him i was kind of like yeah, well, we just I don't, do. I don't I know. know. We just kind of keep talking. There's some, yeah. there's a funny thing that we'll get into when we start talking about <coughs> games that I'll bring up, but that ties into that. So, what games have we been playing lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got to go back. I got to talk about something. Yeah, let's. I hear talk it. about a TV show I'm watching. Okay, yeah, that I can recommend to no one. Okay. Oh, Uh-oh. what? Wait, what? I'm You're I'm not recommending. It? Nobody the show. watched no. this. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it, but I cannot recommend. Should it I to bleep anyone. it out when you say the name of it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. This show is called The Rehearsal. The yeah, this show is called The, the Rehearsal. Re- the Rehearsal? The Rehearsal on HBO okay. is the weirdest fucking show I've ever seen in my life. Really? It is. Wait, who's in it? Um, It's just one comedian. His name is Nathan Fielder. Okay. He's okay. done a show in the past, I think, or at least some stand-up acts or something. Okay. Prince's Very. Son? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's just um, like him. Uh, that's a baseball player. I don't uh, like know. Prince Fielder, Cecil Fielder. Okay, oh. so he's. The, I don't know if you look at his IMDb. He has like I'm sure comedy specials on here. So okay. Okay. HBO has given him a ridiculous amount of money to create this show called The Rehearsal. And if you go on IMDb, it's got like this 9.0 rating. Whoa. Not lots of ratings because it's not like hugely popular. Okay, this is the strangest show I have ever seen in my life. The Rehearsal. The Rehearsal. Okay. So the premise of this show is that Nathan Fielder the main character, he reaches out to people. He like put this this ad on Craigslist. Do you need help with something? I can help you. Okay. Okay. This person reached out and said, I need help because I was in this like trivia group. And this is like a real, this is like a real human being. So it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say reality TV, but this is a real person reaching out to Nathan Fielder was like, I'm in this trivia group. It's my life. I love these people. I lied to them about having a master's degree. Okay? <laughs> I lied to them. Okay. And he's okay. like, I need to tell them that I lied. That I lied. Okay. So these Nathan, are true stories, or is this? This is like real. So he's like a real person. This guy's like, this is my really problem. I need Craigslist. you to help me. So Nathan sets up a rehearsal for this person to essentially rehearse what he's going to say and how he's going to say it to and like how he's going to act. How does this person find Nathan? He like po- I think he, he posted said. something on Craigslist to start with. Craigslist. Okay. And maybe as as the show like maybe he reached out differently or like posted something somewhere yeah. went to meetings or whatever but this first one was okay. a craigslist thing this well, person reached would out. someone think he's qualified okay. for this so <laughs> this this nathan guy sets up this insane rehearsal where he with dolls no oh shit. they're with real actors he has actors like follow this guy's friends around so then they can act exactly like oh their friends God. and they study those. Like he re- he builds the bar that he is going to be at to the exact specifications of the bar he's going to be yeah, at. But- and they practice 
hundreds of times him walking in the bar. What happens if this seat's taken? I want to sit here. What are you going to order? Are you going to order her this? What if you don't order her a drink? What if you order her orange juice instead? Do you want her to drink? And he's creating this massive flow chart of like, what are you going to do? It is the most extra show like I've ever seen. But the stakes aren't even that high. This is just exactly. telling your friends that you don't have a I master's watched this, degree. I watch this show care? and my so I like the show. But again, I'm I'm, like, I'm like not telling show. anyone to watch it. Like the show. Like the show. I'm not telling anybody to watch this. Of course. I sit next to Devin and watch this show, and throughout the entire 40 minutes of the show, she's like, oh my God. What? <laughs> Are you serious? Why? Again? What? And and what I'm telling you is like the the bottom of like that doesn't even get into what he then does the next episode and how far this rehearsal goes, like almost inception where he's like rehearsing the rehearsal. Wait, okay, so this is just one story. This is one story. That's episode, that's episode oh, so one. So not each episode is about different things. Well, they are. So the next episode starts this overarching kind of go, that goes through episodes two, three, four, and five or something. And then there's little ones during this this bigger storyline. So the first one was is the just guy to with get the you, and that's just to get you hooked. Yeah, to like understand what's going on. The second episode deals with um, this woman who wants to know if she is ready to be a mom. So he sets up this elaborate thing where he is going to have two months where he's going to age someone. <laughs> yeah, he is going to age this baby essentially from birth to 18 years old. So that's the plan. Is he going to be the baby? <laughs> no, it's it's insane. It is absolutely wow. insane. And if you watch it Who and hate it and you message me and you're like, this is the dumbest fucking show I've ever seen, I would probably be like, okay. As much as yeah, I want to say, yeah. no, it's on HBO. Usually that's pretty good. Yeah, usually the but shows are good I, on HBO. If you, like, seriously, if you look, if you watch it and you texted me and you're like, this is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen, I would probably be like, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, it might probably be. Probably is. But I for some reason, I just couldn't stop watching it. And I would just like, you just start laughing when he just creates these layers and layers and layers of this rehearsal. And it just, it's wow. outrageous. And are the people taking him seriously the whole time? Yeah. Well, they actually wanted help. But this is not like his, this is his job. He just decided to uh, do this as a, uh, for a show. Yeah. It's, it's bananas. So I don't know if anybody, <laughs> if anybody out there has, has watched it or is watching, we need to have a conversation. I guess I could see if he puts an ad on Craigslist and he says, I'm making a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna HBO, rehearse. Yeah, yeah you're right. gonna be on the show. Yeah, so that's something. And, and so maybe they're like, okay, but here's these a people low on the show thing. are also, like, you know, there, there, there's a little bit of like social anxiety and some, you know, because yeah. you know, people who are maybe more social could just be like, hey, I, I lied, I didn't have a master's degree, I'm sorry. But right. he's not th- this person in the first episode is not like that. But right? How do you he reconcile that with? Yeah, but you're gonna be on a show that's gonna be that's gonna reach millions and millions and millions of people. Yeah, and so. Everyone's gonna know. Although I guess by the time it airs, he's already he's already told yes. Everybody. Because at the end of that first episode, like the the real thing is happening. They show it. They do show how it resolves. Yeah. In in yeah. So I, I like I don't want to spoil what happens, yeah. but they show kind of that that I moment. I feel like why do you have to, to tell them that you don't have a master's? There's got to be some <laughs> reason. Must that be something must be coming up. You'll yeah. yeah you'll kind of know. You'll learn a lot about yeah. it. Hey, the next party, we're all gonna layers, bring our degree. <laughs> the layers that he goes through to do this is is so over the top wow. that you might just be like, "This is ridiculous. I'm not watching." I'm gonna watch. And, it and I wouldn't argue yeah, with no, you. I would I be like, "Yeah, it. I know." I you, know. T- you telling me that you can't recommend it makes me want to watch it more. Yeah. <laughs> so I only want to watch. If you start it, it might be like the boys. If you start it, and you're like, "I'm not watching this." Yeah. It doesn't get. It doesn't get easier to watch as you go through. It's not like you understand the rehearsal. Is it, it done keeps... like documentary style? Um, yeah, like they'll talk to... Like he he has more of like voiceover. Like he kind of tells the setting okay. of like, I'm thinking about doing this and then it happens, right? It's not like the office documentary yeah. where they just have, go camera to camera. Yeah. Right. Face. It's more of like he is is being the narrator this of this rehearsal. Weird. I want to watch it. It's so weird. So if you watch it, let me know. If, I want everything to If do you it. don't and you're like, I don't want to, I don't blame you at all. 
<laughs> it's so strange. So that's the rehearsal. Wow. Wow. Only oh. Murders was great. We talked oh, about that. So good. Fantastic. It's over that? now. So good. Yeah, we yeah. talked. Did we talk? I don't know if we talked about it since it's been over, but uh, I thought it was just yeah, as good, if good not season. if not better than yeah. the first season. Yeah. Personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then we saw uh, the first episode of House of Dragon. I have not started that. We I'm excited to start say it. Say what we feel yet. I feel like yeah, it's a one episode yeah, after the first. Yeah, after the first episode, I will say it made me want to watch it more. Yeah, we're gonna okay. watch it more, but we don't. I was we underwhelmed, don't know but I wasn't TBD. expecting a ton. So underwhelmed is the wrong word. I wasn't. Uh, I, I, yeah, I wasn't hooked, okay. but at the same time, I wasn't turned off either. So yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, well, let's keep yeah, watching. We'll see what happens. But I wasn't like, well, like while I was watching it, I was on my phone. You know what I sure. mean? Like yeah. it wasn't yeah. like oh, what's happening, and I yeah. still feel like I. I feel like got it's pretty everything. rare to have a TV show hook you in the first episode. There's a lot. I mean, even like Parks and Rec, know. we the, love that show, know, and it took the though. first episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, like, the, the original, original Game is, of Thrones hooked me. But the be, the me. first forty five minutes of the of the first episode of Game of Thrones is fucking confusing. Yeah, like, it like, did not hook me. It but then confusing. the oh, last, man, I was. you know, this is spoilers for a decade ago. But yeah. the last scene of that first episode is that kid getting pushed out the window. Yep. Yeah, right. And that was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Now what's the next thing? But like the first thing, you're like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. What is going on? Name, 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 name. Also, name. also, but it's it's unfair to it's definitely unfair to um, compare the two as well because when Game of Thrones the show came out. Most people, I'm not going to say everybody because a lot of people had read the books, but most of the general populace didn't know yeah. what Game of Thrones was. And yeah. I was one of them. So I, I was just like, let's go on HBO. I had, yeah, when I, I watched the first episode of Game of Thrones, I had just had like a, I didn't even have HBO. I had like a free trial. Like three months. Yeah. yeah and I was yeah. like, okay, let's see what's let's on there. And I was like, Game of Thrones, let's check this out. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. after I watched, I was like, this is incredible. This is awesome. I was like telling everybody I knew about it. Mm-hmm. And none of them, other than one friend, had heard of the books. Mm hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and but this is different now. Game of Thrones yeah, was knows. maybe sure. the biggest show of the last decade. Yeah, arguably, which, which makes it even harder to live up to. Which right? makes it or, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple things going for it though. Like one thing is it, the source material they're taking this from is done. It's one book, okay, right? Where Game of Thrones after like season we'll never get six, done. It's never gonna get done. And at like season six, they the, there was no books. That so guy they had to just who what's it? Uh, uh, George Martin. Yeah, yeah. George he's R. gonna R. Martin. he's gonna die before he finishes. Oh, for sure. Books. We all know it. Well, and he thought so, and so he kind of told the showrunners like, "Here's kind of what I was thinking." Yeah. But this show is uh, is going off of source material that's already completed, which makes me kind of worried because you, you could get like a Hobbit situation, right? Where oh, the Hobbit like... they made three movies out of one book. Mm-hmm. This okay, this is one book. What are they gonna do? How many seasons are they gonna get out of this one book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Game of Thrones was, or you know was like. Every season was kind of a book, mm-hmm. sort of. Right. You know? Yeah. Until they got to season six and there was like no books left, so they had to make it up. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, excited to start. I'm going to start. I'm definitely going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to. I'm not going to. Yeah, we're going to keep watching it for sure. It seems mm-hmm. pretty good. So while we were at Gen Con this past year, there were a few games that had to be snatched up quickly or else you'd miss out. Possibly the most sought after game at this year's show was the most difficult to get and made my top five games I was most interested in at the con. Yep. I'm talking, of course, about the expansion to Arch Ravels called Arch Ravels Somehow Even Shittier. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm actually talking about the sequel to Roll Camera called Just Throw This Away. Just throw this, away. <laughs> this is garbage. <laughs> this is an absolute piece of hot steaming shit. Uh, no, I, so I watched Rado playing arc he played arc nova you know mm-hmm. and i listened to him and he was like he was like this is gonna make my top 10 games of the year the only thing i think it's not gonna be able to dethrone is roll camera and i'm like oh my yes, god roll <laughs> why does he like it so I much i don't know it's got good reviews people are fucking crazy and that made me really <laughs> angry okay okay sorry the game is actually called twilight inscription 
the combo flip roll and write game in the Twilight Imperium universe, you've been flip rolled. Never gonna flip you up. Never gonna roll you down. <laughs> this game caught my eye and everyone else's for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a blank and write version of Twilight Imperium which is highly intriguing for everybody. The collective eyebrow of the hobby raised when this sucker was announced. Twilight Imperium is one of the most beloved thematic games in existence. And number two, it was billed as like the longest, heaviest blank and write game to date. And so all of this seemed really awesome to a lot of people. Yeah. Because I'm not the only one who's in love with blank and write games right now. It's kind of like the big hot mm-hmm. thing that everyone's into. Having played Twilight Imperium and the heaviest blank and write game there is, Hadrian's Wall, how did this one measure up? First, let me tell you about how it plays a little bit, and then I'll reveal it all. Ooh. All the burning hot questions everyone wants wow. answered. So in Twilight in- Inscription, players are playing over a number of rounds, trying to score the most victory points across four different player boards. That's right. Each player gets four different player boards. Uh, this game is a motherfucking table hog and plays up to <laughs> eight people. I have no idea how you'd actually play with eight players. It'd be tighter table. than my pants after eating a nice juicy Natalie. Oh my god. So each player uh, board has its own different properties on it that make it unique. Don't there's say the juicy. Na- <laughs> there's the- <laughs> That was that was the only thing you had wrong with that whole scenario. How dare you describe me as juicy? You know, there are women on this planet who would be honored to be honored described, to be described as, described juicy. as juicy. Okay. <laughs> There's the navigation board where you're connecting lines to different star systems, or the expansion board where you're crossing out icons on planets to get bonuses in rows and columns, or the warfare board where you're using icons to construct ships onto the board to eventually fight your neighbors, or the industrial board where you're crossing off and circling icons in a cluster to... I don't, I don't know, cross off other stuff to eventually get you stuff? Yeah. Each turn, you simply draw an event card and do what it says. Most of the cards will have you gaining icons on the card and then rolling dice to gain other icons. Each player must choose one of their four boards as their active board, and then they apply the icons that they have on the card and that they rolled on the dice to that active board, which equates to crossing off or circling certain things to get you other things. There are also wartime cards where you simply add up the number of dots that make up the ships that you created on your warfare board and compare it with your neighbors left and right and whoever has more dots gets a bonus whoever has less dots loses points there's also a voting event card that has players voting for an event that gives a benefit and then an event card that gives you uh goods that you can use as wild symbols throughout the game once a specific card in the event deck is drawn the game has one more wartime event and then it ends players total up their victory points on each of the four sheets which they gained by crossing off and circling stuff on each of them and then the most points wins so things i liked so this game is beautiful. It's all dry erase, but it doesn't come with typical dry erase markers. As the colors on the boards are like really dark, dark blues, dark black, you know, blacks and like stuff space. like that. Like space. <laughs> so you wouldn't really be able to distinguish a black marker on the boards very well. So the game comes with these orange chalk markers, which more contrast against the dark colors of the board so you can see it, right? These markers are pretty nice. It's cool to use them instead of just plain dry erase markers. And it's the only game that I've played that, is a roll and write or a flip and write that doesn't just come with dry erase markers on a right. right? It's these chalk markers, which are, they just feel a little more premium. The game is billed as one of the longest and heaviest blank and write games out there. And while that may be true, at least for the length, the game was incredibly simple to play. Each of the four boards have the simplest way to interact with them. And they're all similar. Simply spend resource icons you receive on the event card and the dice to draw lines or cross out or circle things on them. The navigation board is just you either using an icon to explore, which is moving along a road basically, but in space, or to claim, which is to draw a circle around a star system attached to one of those roads. When you draw a circle around a system, you gain the benefit inside the system. Boom. Another board just has you crossing out icons you've received, and when you cross out all of them in a row or a column, you gain the benefit at the end of the row or column. Standard and very easy. 
So the intimidation factor is really gone after turn one, which is nice. It takes a long time to play compared to other Blankenrites, but in a lot of ways, it's much simpler to play than a lot of them. It's certainly much simpler than Hadrian's Wall. All right. So I'm going to kind of tear into this game now. <laughs> into oh, things I didn't like section. Boy. I really did not enjoy Twilight Inscription. Time out. Let's go back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you... <laughs> I, son of a bitch we spent two you, days trying to get this game me us <laughs> you mm-hmm. at gen con yep i could see your boner from <laughs> aisles away i w- when you <laughs> were funny. ready for that's this. actually funny <laughs> from aisles when, away do you get that that's funny instead of miles aisles, oh, right. Right. that's good, good I, thank you the uh, I'm done. Yeah, I understand you what you're saying. You were so excited. I know. You were like, yeah. you were like, you might have been a little Tekenu, too excited. Your obelisk was just in full. What? Too excited? Thing. I was. Yeah. I it was you great. Were, it made yes. Gen Con better. And, the, and I was that like excitement, so excited. That excitement was cool. So I'm sad that this is where this conversation's so, going. I'm but, just as man. This as you. was this was a huge yeah. game for you. You and, were ready. And actually, everything Rushed. that you're saying may play into part of a bit of my sure. thoughts. All right, continue. Okay. So um, I, I really did not enjoy this game. On paper, I should love it. But on dry erase board, it's just not what I... Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's get into why. Okay, first things first. Did this feel anything like Twilight Imperium? No. Well, I mean, it was set in space. You have all the same races as Twilight Imperium in here. The artwork is similar. Mechatol Rex is in there. So I guess it might sort of feel like Twilight Imperium. But if you're expecting or hoping for this to be a way to get the TI feel in a much shorter experience, this is not going to make you very happy. Now, I wasn't even looking for that. I didn't give a redheaded fuck about that. But like the voting Whoa. phase in this game is like the least interesting thing about the game. It was really boring, which is my viewpoint uh, about the game in general, which I'm going to go into right now. The reason I was so excited about it was because it was billed as a really heavy blank and right game in the same conversation as something like Hadrian's Wall, which if you listen to the show at all, know that it's my favorite blank and right out there winning the game of the year 2021 and the first annual Gamecaster Awards. This game is not worth the discarded player sheets that Hadrian's Wall shits out. It seriously does not hold a candle to it in any way. It's long. It's, it's, it's not quite as long as Hadrian's Wall, but surely it's the second longest blank and right on the market. But it's not because of decision making. It's long because there's just a lot of rounds to play. The decisions are mostly one-dimensional and simple, with the best decision by far being when to choose the warfare board and which ships to build and which opponent to try and attack. Everything else should feel interesting, but it just doesn't. The game's weighted on BGG at a three and a half. And I feel like that's absolutely ridiculous. Hadrian's Wall is weighted at 3.13. And there is no way in hell that Twilight Inscription inscription is heavier than Hadrian's Wall. There's just no way. It's just too simple. There's nothing here that grips you. Nothing makes you excited to combo chain. Most turns, you cross off a couple things that get you nothing. It's not until many, many, many turns later that you finally start to get somewhere. And by the end of it, you've got a decent thing going, but it took an hour and a half to get there and the return was not worth the time. I don't remember one turn where I was like, oh man, I can do this to do this and that gets me this. And if I play here, then I get that. Wow, that didn't happen to me once the whole game. This game to me feels like something with the weight of three sisters and the length of Hadrian's Wall and it doesn't live up to either. I was extremely underwhelmed. I expected it to be able to stand toe to toe with the heavier blanket rights and for me at least it didn't. I feel like I'm gonna. Not, I'm not giving explicit reasons to things I didn't like, so I'm going to try and be a little bit more substantive if I can. The game is action chainy, which is my favorite thing about blank and right games, like Hadrian's Wall and Three Sisters. Yeah, that's that's the best uh, thing yeah, in all of those. Like type the of games. most fun mm-hmm. thing. 
But unlike those games, you don't feel as much like you're accomplishing much or getting anything great in return. The event cards that dictate what you do each round are basically just randomizers between the four different events, and they feel pretty lackluster when you draw them. Here we go. What's it going to be this time? Oh, it's another strategy event. Pick a sheet. Gain a pink icon. It's just a bit of a letdown. So then when you pick a sheet, you expect that to be the best decision point in the game. You have four sheets to choose from. Which one do you pick? But the decision turns out to not be that fun for me because so many other strategy events will come out. And so the icons you get are either doing one thing or another for the most part. So it doesn't usually matter what you pick. It's not like, oh man, I really need this to happen on this next turn because if it does, then I'll be able to do this awesome thing. That doesn't really exist in this game. It's more just like, oh, okay, another blue resource. I guess I'll, I don't know, I guess I'll pick the expansion board and cross out a blue icon. Or I guess I could choose the navigation board and claim a planet with that blue icon. Or I could build a one-dot infantry unit on my warfare board with that blue icon. And it's just boring. It's not exciting. It's not tense. It's not what you want. You want it to be really difficult to decide as everything is great. The best games for me are when the decisions are you're deciding between this thing and this thing. They're both awesome and you can't fucking figure out which one's more awesome. But instead of every choice being great, no choice is really that good. And so you just end up not really caring. The things you do are all standard blank and red stuff. You draw on a line, you circle a circle, you gain the benefit in the circle. And that in itself is not a bad thing at all. I love, I love, that's all blank and reds, and I love blank and reds. But this game was built as this epic experience. When you think Twilight Imperium, you're thinking something big. When you hear two hours, you think, wow, something must be crazy in this game. And it just isn't. It's very standard, typical blank and red stuff that's not really done that well. There's not much tension, there's not much payoff, there's not much fun. Now about the production, the boards warped up almost instantly. I've not had dry erase boards like this warp before, but they were warping like crazy. The Mechatol Rex board in the center of the board, one of the corners was just like lifted off the yeah, table. Yeah, is it like, is the middle down and the outs, like it's warping? It's yeah. Cut, yeah. It's like a yeah. curl, it's like curl piece of paper. Yeah. Kind of shit. And then, and then the chalk markers, they're cool. But what happens when they run out? Can you just go on Amazon and buy some more dry erase colored chalk markers? Probably, but that's yeah. annoying. Yeah, you can definitely get This is the only game that has chalk markers in it. I have tons of games with dry erase markers. So if one of those runs out, I can just grab another one, or I can go to the drugstore and grab some dry erase markers. Can you just buy chalk markers anywhere? I don't know. You're going to have to probably pay a bit of money to replace these. And, and they're the same size as like a bullshit regular standard okay. dry erase markers. So they're not, I don't, I don't know how long they're going to last. I, I don't know. Overall, I found this game good, not great. It's not bad, but it's just not particularly fun and was a colossal letdown for me personally. If you're looking for a similar experience to Twilight Imperium, look for something else. If you're looking for another heavy blank and write, look for something else. If you're looking for a decent game that takes a long time to play and eats up a huge portion of your table, maybe seek this one out. <laughs> but you're about to hear <laughs> the other end of the spectrum. With Natalie Ooh. right now. Natalie, what'd you think? All right. Um, well, first of all, one of the funny things that happened with these chalk markers with Ryan was that he must have like put his arm down in it, and so he had like a bunch of orange. Well, you have you have four boards skin for seven like years ago, a couple days, <laughs> and it's, it takes up so much fucking table space. You can't not put your hand, your arms in them. You know, yeah. you're like trying to like yeah. do something over here. Now, the cool thing about the chalk markers in that way is they don't smudge. Yeah. You know, they I don't know if you've ever used chalk markers before, but when they dry, they kind of they're kind of like paint almost, but they they clear away with like paper towel, paper towel, towel or water. But or it doesn't really like smudge. So if you like if you they like dry, I mean, it, it stamps onto your skin. Yeah, eventually it would dry to me. Mm -hmm. And then you use water. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I do. I'm a teacher. I've used chalk. Of course, I've you used have. chalk, you use chalk all markers all the time. But, all yeah. The um, but yeah, they don't smudge that easily. But so. yeah, if you put it on because it's wet, it's essentially wet still. Yeah, it, yeah. You gotta like, shake like, dry, it up. like if, if you'd use a dry erase and you did it and put your hand on it right away, it would come off. Right. But this being a chalk thing takes a little longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you leave so, it on there, I think you'd end up to clean it off with water. Would be my guess. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We, so we at the very end of the game, water. They, they're like, they say use a dry paper towel. Mm-hmm. once it's over i mean if you left okay. it for days maybe but sure yeah. okay yeah. so go ahead natalie i'm sorry um all right so i liked this game unlike ryan um <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what i thought yeah, yeah we do how do I you know did. how do you fucking know um <laughs> so okay for me this game I, i'm not gonna say like i was in love with this game and it was like everything i'd hoped it'd be but i actually i liked it i thought it was like better than good not great okay for me um and i was pretty disappointed that Ryan didn't like it. I know. In fact, Ryan I'm sorry. hated it. That sucks. And so I was kind of like, oh man, I liked this. Like, I would keep playing this. Yeah. I would keep this in our collection kind of thing. Um, See you. Yep. It was Bye. definitely lighter than I expected it to be. Yeah, 3.5. Is that, can you believe that? I don't, I agree. I do not think in any way that it was heavier than Hadrian's Wall. <laughs> no fucking way. Um, but I feel like everything else kind of was what I expected. I mean, it was a, it was longer, which I expected. It wasn't as long as Hadrian's Wall. It was probably... It was our first play, and Ryan and I tend to be a little slow in our first play of games, and it was like about an hour and a half long. I bet it would Too be long. like an hour, maybe an hour plus a little For just if the we two played of us, it we again. Could, yeah, we could probably get through it. Because the round, like he said, he it was a negative for him but like there were a lot of turns but i thought all every turn went like super fast yeah um so that didn't bother me in my opinion i felt like if the hour and a half flew by and in fact when it was over i'm like oh no i didn't get enough done you know i wanted i need more turns to do more stuff (laughs) kind of thing it's funny yeah about a third of the way through i was like oh my god i want this over i know he was like i I want this is going on i'm like it's taking so long and we're not doing anything sorry go on I don't know. I mean, I feel different. I felt sure. as it went on, I was like, m- things were finally starting to happen, kind of like Hadrian's Wall. It kind of starts off a don't little slow. Don't you dare. Don't you fucking But it's dare. like lighter version. Like, I think it's kind of in between Hadrian's Wall and Three Sisters. Three sisters. Yeah. Um, I do think that there are ways to get like combo-tastic turns, as you say, but I agree, not as combo-tastic as Hadrian's Wall. Did I use the word combo-tastic? I know that you guys say that all the time. Oh, yeah. do we? All the time. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, the time. yeah. yeah. We've said it. Everybody Have knows. We? Yeah. They all agree with me. Um, <laughs> they all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, everybody knows <laughs> Oh, yeah, probably. Okay. Um, but I've definitely said combo-tastic. Yeah, yeah, okay. Natalie says it when should. I buy her favorite snack food. Ooh, these are combo-tastic combos. <laughs> this is one of the inside jokes. You've only this bought them it. for me. Go back to episode something, something. <laughs> <laughs> um, damn it, where was I? Combo-tastic. Combo-tastic. Yeah, so it, like I said, it doesn't have as combo-tastic like Hadrian's Wall where you're like, oh, I'm going to do this and then this and then this and then this and then, you know, right, it the goes fun, on and the on. Fun stuff. But yeah. I feel like it's kind of the same as, as Three Sisters where like, you know, you'll do a you. few things. But Three Sisters is like, a tenth of the time. Yeah. You know, if this was over know, in like four or five rounds. Three Sisters is also cool. like a tenth of the stuff. Maybe not a tenth. Mm. It was like a quarter of the stuff to do. I guess. I think. Um, one of my favorite things about the game, again, unlike you, was... Well, I thought the decision, about the game. <laughs> no, like, yeah, like, like you, you did not like yeah. this about the game, but yeah. like I thought the best part was the decision Ugh. about what board which were the four boards to pick did you listen to what i said like i'm just i just want to know i'm not like saying like what the fuck but i mean like did you when when i like when i made the point about deciding between which board to use 
it didn't see, it didn't really seem like one was that much like they seemed like they were all the fucking same because you're gonna get that action like 20 other times you know what i mean yeah but so okay you get the what is it called like a strategy strategy round, yeah and then you have to pick one of the four boards to play on yeah but with that strategy round card you get the initial uh resources sometimes one i know but sometimes not and so based on those resources or things that you may need for other things you have to make a decision yep you know and so like you'd be like oh like for me at one point there was this one board where i was like i was just waiting for the green resource yeah and i there finally came like one came out and i was like i might not get another opportunity soon so i need to take advantage of that and that gave me like a bunch of stuff or what was the decision there well the decision to do it to take advantage of that and it finally like got me all the stuff that i've been waiting for but another time i might be like okay this gives me three of this resource which will give me a bunch of stuff up here on this navigation board yeah but i'm a little behind on the warfare board and i have some left like some stuff that i earned last turn that i can use on the warfare board to kind of get me ahead there but then i'll miss out on this opportunity up here on the navigation board to do something sweet because of the resources the card gave me and so i'm like oh which one do i pick i'm like which you know it's, yeah it's we're definitely kind of d- like differing on the amount of fun that we place on those decisions. I felt like those decisions were such were very low stakes because it wasn't like you only get a couple strategy events per game and you're like, man, these really matter. I got to I got to go one way, which well, we might not get another strategy event for yeah, like four more but cards. In this but in reality, you get another strategy event, the next card, and then yeah. the next card. And or the, the oh, next one is one. warfare and I cho- didn't choose to do the warfare. And now I lost all Right, that was there, the best part of the game. But was then, the warfare. But Agreed. then I also missed out or, you know, or else I would have missed out on like that really good opportunity to get a bunch of stuff at the other, you know what I mean? Like to me that there was good, it was a good decision. So I think part of what, what Jeff said earlier, um, about how I, I had a, I didn't have a floater. I had a fucking hard on. (laughs) You could, Dave washed his clothes and hung them to dry on my four inches of manhood wiener that we were standing in line with. And so I, I, that part of that may have been, I was expecting and hoping this to be better, maybe than like this is this is the new like heavy roll and write game that I can play. Like I was so excited about it, and it just let me down in every single yeah, facet. That's a bummer. And so I think you didn't have any expectations at all. I did. Did I had you? Some. I w- I wouldn't say as much as you, but I definitely had some expectations. Like I knew it was going to be a heavier longer roll and write and i was pumped about that yeah. because i was okay. hoping it would be like i was hoping it would be kind of like hadrian's wall and it wasn't hadrian's wall but i was also like i still really liked this like to yeah. me it was like okay i could see this being in our mix of roll and write games oh, that we God. have um just tell me. why maria sucks kill me now. i know kill me right now <laughs> i I don't know. What else do I have? Maybe you should have a day where you just play Maria and Twilight Inscription. No, back Twilight Inscription is not like this. possibly her favorite game of all time. No, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. Sure. I definitely, no no part of me was like, I hated this game or I didn't like this game. Like Every I, part I wanted to play, I wanted to play it again, like right like Ugh. way because it was one imagine? of those, also one of those <laughs> games where like you play it and you're like, oh, what, how could I have done this better next time? I want to try again. You could play it solo. 
Yeah, I mean, I probably won't. Because, <laughs> because I, I mean, it would probably that. be more fun than playing with me because I would just... Oh, I wouldn't play with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not playing that with you. Yeah, sure. yeah, we're not playing um, with you. <laughs> so that's I mean, Twilight Inscription. What? Are you serious? <laughs> what? She's not talking. You want to keep talking about this game? God yeah. dang it. Go ahead. I want to keep talking about this game. Let me tell you. This is great. Let me tell you what happened. This is part of the, infi- okay. this is the infighting. <laughs> yeah. I'm not interrupting this. We play this game. We finish the game. Ryan's like, I fucking hated this game. In the middle of it, I just wanted it to end. So bad. And I was like, what? Really? Like, I liked it. And so then we were kind of talking about what I liked, what he didn't like, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah. And he was like, He's like, I, at one point he was like, I just want to keep talking about, you know, yeah, what my thoughts on Twilight Inscription. And I was like, oh, I was like, why? Because <laughs> like, you were we you just trying like, to convince her to hate it. No, what you were no trying to I do? was, he was trying kind of like to, bummed out that we didn't feel the same way. But he to, also couldn't explain. He was, it was, he was bothering him like, that he I couldn't hated explain this and I can't why. tell you why. Yeah. Because she was like, it has all the same stuff that everything else has. And I was like, yeah, but no. <laughs> And I could not tell her I even asked what him, it was. I even asked him. I was like, let's say you just played this game not knowing anything about it with no expectation. Would you still feel the same it's hard. way? You can't. You can't. I don't know. know. I know You'll you never can't. Know that. I don't know. You can't answer that. But I think. Well, that's I, I think I would have had a slightly higher opinion of it. I yeah. think I was extremely let. The number one thing I feel is disappointment, let down, underwhelmed, mm-hmm. you know, I'd also feel everything I said is true. Everything I said is is I stand by and I feel. Yeah. But I do think a lot of it is more intensified because of the fact that I was hoping and expecting it. So the fall is greater. Does that make sense? I was higher yeah. up and I fell further than I would have if yeah. I didn't have the expectations. It mm-hmm. wouldn't have been this big deal. Right. I still think would have felt the same way. You I wouldn't like really want broke to play your it. fucking leg instead of just getting a little scrape on your knee. I broke exactly, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So go ahead. Did you want to say some wrapping up thoughts on this game? Um, no. You I made guess a big not. deal about me cutting you off. So, <laughs> well, you just like. Well, do you have anything else to say? <laughs> if you don't have anything else to say, then I'm gonna let I you have, have it. I have a lot right to now. say. Well, then say it. Okay. Um, I think I also liked that it, you couldn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, got it. Keep going. you could have really put him in his place, Natalie. You know what? Keep, no, we'll keep going. You, no, have you, really no, you have it. What couldn't you um? Stop. You, you couldn't <laughs> ignore. Like I feel like you couldn't ignore certain boards completely. Um, but it was also like at the same time beneficial to like focus more on certain boards to like maximize your points in those boards, and so it, that was also kind of like a hard decision to make every time okay. for me. Um. And then, as for, I don't know, for me, like, the only negatives I really have to say is about the symbols. There's th- three main resource symbols, and the three dice that you're rolling oh, yeah, good call. are gray, but the symbols all have, like, Colors. color that is assigned to them. And so, like, because you're, like, mainly using, like, you also roll these colored dice, but, like, you don't use them you, like, hardly ever. ever get to use and so them. you're always using these gray ones, So and the symbols are, like, weird. You know, they're yeah, not they're like, like a square, hieroglyphs or right? There's some hieroglyph okay. looking thing. And so every single time we had to be like, okay, so that's two pinks yeah, and a blue, right. right? Instead of just like knowing immediately by looking they at it. They should have made the that icon was... bl- the color. Like you yeah. have the die be gray, I agree. but make the icon right, because on, the on every die, single color. thing else, like on all the boards, it's the color, it's color and it's tiny. So you're not really like, see, see, doesn't this game suck? No, that's my only negative. <laughs> it wasn't that horrible. It was just kind of like annoying like like which one is this 
but I don't know. I like I liked the game. Good. I'm not gonna say that it's the greatest game. I'm not gonna say. I think a lot of people probably would think it's heavier than it actually is if they didn't know anything about it, just based on like it's so you know simple. what you read about I'm it. I'm so surprised it's weighted um, that heavy. It's very simple. But I thought it was good. Cool. Awesome. That is Twilight. Ugh, I can't say it. You say it. Twilight Inscription. All right, Jeff, what do you got, man? <laughs> okay, I have something. First of all, we're like a half an hour in or something. How, how long are we in? 40 minutes? Uh, forty. Yeah, 45 minutes. Okay, about. so we have to talk about Emily so she doesn't... Oh, oh right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, I forgot. So Emily. this is Jeff talking. Natalie and I went over to Ben and M's. <laughs> That's, That's true. Right. Yeah, because usually it's Ryan saying... Uh, Natalie and I went over to Ben yeah. but no, <laughs> yeah. this is Jeff and Natalie went over to Ben and M's last weekend. Was it last yeah. weekend? And there was just a whole lot of like stuff that happened. You know, Scarlett got so sick. Ugh, so like Ryan, right at the last minute. Yeah, so Ryan couldn't show up. And yep. then... Um, then Ben was like, well, was you like, well, can well, still Natalie come over. And I was like, okay. I was telling her that too. I was like, just go. Yeah. Like, we don't need to both be here while And then sick. as I pull up in the driveway, Sam... So Miss French Toast was also there. So Sam was there. Mm-hmm. And as I stand up, her and... Her and Ben are like arms crossed, like <laughs> shaking their head, like looking what at stuff. I'm like, right, who died? <laughs> yeah, what's They're, like going outside, on? and like Sam's brakes were like messed up right when she got oh, there. Right. So they looked at oh, that. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. So then I get my son out of the car because I brought Jack, and it was just me and Jack and uh, Devin and uh, Millie stayed at home. And Jack's like, I think I got to poop. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, let's go into the bathroom. Yeah. So he goes in, and he sits in, and he's like, all right, I don't have to poop anymore. Okay. So I like, you know, carry him out. And he, I'm holding him because he does these dogs. He doesn't want to be with the dogs just yet. Yeah. So I'm like holding him, and he's like, my belly kind of hurts. I'm like, dude, I think you're going to throw up. I'm like, we got to go in the bathroom. Why? So he goes in the bathroom because he, we're in a car ride, and he's like eating does shit. Does he get car sick? He's eating garbage in the back seat. You know, he's got like five like fruit actual snacks. trash. Yeah, he's just like, gar- like, <laughs> like garbage. Up napkins that are like yeah. boogered. So he had like <laughs> chocolate chips and just crap and then like threw up twice. He was like, my belly feels better. <laughs> and then he was like, great for the rest of the day. But it was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get there and that happens. Yeah. And they're um, going to be like, you have COVID, go home. Yeah, get <laughs> out of here. But we played a couple of cool games. We played a bunch of kites. Yep. Um, we played Fife. Yep. Oh, I want to hear your thoughts on that in a minute. Go ahead. So and then we played uh, Blood Pressure Cafe or whatever the hell Sam called <laughs> order it. Yeah, overload. Is that what Sam called it? Blood I was Cafe? out almost like immediately again in one of the rounds. It's just absurd. I don't <laughs> if, even if know. If not you and me, I'm terrible. And then we played a game called Grim Forest. Right when Natalie showed up, we played mm-hmm. Grim Forest, um, which was kind of a cool family wait, like collect some resources, build a house. Um, but it had a cool thing where there was like four different areas where you played a card secretly and said, I want to go to that area and collect those resources. But if you both played it, you then split the resources that were there. So you kind of had to play. Is it off themed of people. Off after like? Yeah, it's the a, brothers it's a, Grimm. Yeah, yeah, it's a fan, right? You're, aren't you built? You're building like a house of straw and sticks and brick or something. It's like the three little pigs, Grimm, yeah. for whatever, like a yeah, like the like brothers fa- fairy tale things, things yeah. that common kind of like fairy tale ish. Yeah, and then there's some characters. cars. But it was a cool. Yeah. It was a cool game. It's definitely like a nice Skybound, family weight. Right? Yeah, definitely a nice like family weight kind of game. So that was pretty cool. Um, After everybody left. I was the last one there, and we played um, Ark Nova. Played Ark Nova. Yeah, that was I fun. know. I was Boom. jealous you guys played that. God cool. damn it. There was something Emily told me specifically to mention on the show. You blew it. I don't was remember it what it was. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. What the hell was it? It was some joke. What? I cannot remember. She was like, you got to say that on the show. And I was like, okay. And I even thought about it a couple days later. About, like, what did okay, she say? I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I got it. And now I don't fucking about, remember. Um, Sorry, Emily. Our... our I have. N- I literally have no idea. <laughs> no, it's I have just no gone. idea. I but think anyway, she wanted me so to tell you that Twilight Inscription is trash. I wanted to hold on to at least one more listener. So Emily, don't turn it off. <laughs> yeah. We talked about you. Okay, it's happening. We talked about um, it. Anyway, so uh, other games that I've been playing is I want. I want to talk about another Stonemaier game. Well, Stonemaier expansion. 
Oh, I want to talk about Viticulture Word. Oh, yes. Thank God. Okay. So this is an expansion for Viticulture. Viticulture has gone through all of these goofy-ass transformations of, like, base Viticulture, Viticulture Essentials. They had some in-between expansion. Then they came out with Tuscany. Yep. And now they have Viticulture World. The first Viticulture, I think, is, like, gone. Like, don't ever yeah, you buy can't or even, get that. Can you? Is it even in circulation? I don't think so. So, like, Viticulture... They phased it out like the $2 bill. <laughs> yeah, the Essential Edition is what you would buy if you buy Viticulture now. And then you okay. should... Of, you should buy Tuscany at the same time and never ever play without that. So I was never like in love with Viticulture. So I played the the regular essential edition. It was fine. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is a worker placement. I make okay. some wine. It's cool. yeah. yeah. I added in Tuscany and I was like, this game is much, much better with Tuscany. And now which I think is everyone's consensus, right? Everyone yeah. is yeah. If if you're playing if you're playing Viticulture Essential Edition and you haven't played Tuscany, you need to just go get it. Like, okay. you need to take it. It adds, like, two more seasons for placing workers. It adds unique workers. It adds, like, this kind of, I don't want to call it area control, but, like, majority kind of thing. It just adds, it makes the game go from, like, fine to way better. Mm-hmm. I still don't love Viticulture. It's not yeah. something where I'm, like, reaching for all the time. But I know, like, that's that's a lot of people's, like, favorite game. Yeah, people it's love It's got a cool that. theme. There's not a lot of, like, wine-themed <clears throat> games. Speaking it brings a lot of people in. Oh, yeah. Emily. Okay. Yeah, They've been playing that a lot. We almost played Viticulture. I've never played it, and we don't own it. And Ben brought out a stack of games and was like, which and one do you want to play? And I was like, well, maybe Viticulture. And he was like, no, that's not good at two. Like, why did you bring <laughs> it up, like, bro? He's like, what about Ark Nova? And I was like, okay. Did not play Ark Nova? Do you mean that's not good at three? Why would he say it's not Sorry, good at two? It's not good at three. I oh. misspoke. Emily's not playing. It's just me and you. No, yeah, no. He was like, that was not <laughs> Go good at bed. three. And he's like, what about Ark Nova? And I was like, okay. Like, if you were just going to pick Ark Nova, <laughs> just bring Ark Nova. Nova I was like, up, okay? Don't pretend. That's actually really funny. It was yeah. really funny. Oh, oh, games. How about these? No, these are no, all, these are all Why bad. would you pick all these? Ones these, are bad. these are terrible. He's like, what about like Arnak or Ark Nova? Maybe Ark Nova. And I was like, okay. Didn't he say Arnak is his favorite game of all time? Yeah, he told me that he thinks that might be his favorite board game. Oh, baby. Can't blame him, right? Yeah. I think that game is essential, in fact. Yeah, I think it's an essential game. I think it's essential to have in your collection. (laughs) So Viticulture World sort like takes Viticulture and turns it cooperative. Okay, cool. That is so cool. Okay. Yeah. I would I would attribute this. I'm I'm thinking at some point, like, you might feel the same way, like with early on you really like Yeah. I I think if you didn't like like you guys are kind of lukewarm on Viticulture, at least Yes, I've never played this. You would I think I I think you would go, all right, I want to play this now. This would be something you reach for. I'll get this later. Anyway. (sighs) Um, not designed by Jamie or Alan Stone, so it's not designed by either of them. Oh, so um, Francisco Tatini Testini, who is on Tang Garden, that's his really only, oh, okay. which is a, which is a big name. Yeah. Um. Well, he's not a big name. The game, the game. is a big name. He's an over. And then um, Myher Shah. Wait, wait. What's the first name? Myher. M I H I R. I'm like, are you saying Myher Shah? <laughs> yeah. No. M I H I R. Okay. Um, Myher Shah. He's done nothing. <laughs> um, but has also like commented on my Instagram post about it. Like, thanks for Ooh, playing. I'm like, okay, nice. cool. all right. So listen to the show. I'm going to send it nice. to him. This is shout out to you. And I What's probably up, said your Meyer? name wrong. And I'm sorry, but I love you. Now, <laughs> um, so in Viticulture World, players are now working together, traveling through different continents, which is kind of what they call the scenarios, um, trying to achieve global recognition. That's the theme. You're trying to be the best wine person in each continent. So new game board. So it comes with a new game board. It looks very similar to the original, not Tuscany. So there's two seasons instead of four seasons. It uses your original player board and your original like uh, buildings that you can add on to your um, player board. There, mm. you get little ru- you get little workers with rubber hats on them, um, which dictate where they can work. It's kind of dumb, but they're <laughs> they're like 
So instead of, so you only get four workers and in the regular viticulture, you can train workers and you get extra workers. When you train these workers, you get to take their hat off and they can be placed anywhere instead of specific spots. Oh, okay. The hats, the hats are just a little them? fiddly, to like get on to the, like you, they're like rubber and you have to like bend them on to stick them oh. on the, hmm. like they're kind of like funny when you look at them, they're like, oh, that's kind of cute. But then you're like, I don't want to put this on anymore. Yeah, that's enough. Um, <laughs> anyway, so players first like choose what continent scenario they want to do there's kind of a layout like here's the easiest here's the hardest you can play it that way if you want and you have to achieve the winning conditions of the continent just like any other kind of cooperative game which is usually both players or all the players because i'm just saying both Devin and I, <laughs> all the players have to reach a certain amount of points which if you played regular viticulture that's the end game trigger is right. reaching 20 or 25 points whatever right. it is boom that triggers the end of the game now everyone needs to reach that certain amount of points and you need to gain these recognition points, which you get mostly through spending money. So the game itself, as you're playing the game back and forth, or again, just with everybody else, um, you are placing workers in two different seasons to do all the viticulture stuff. Grow and harvest vines, turn those grapes into you know wine. You, you take, pick the wine, you pick the grapes, you put them in the left side of the board, yep. you turn those into wine. You get helper cards, you play those things, which are cool kind of bonus actions. You get money, you build structures on your board for kind of upgrades, and you fulfill contracts. Contracts give you points. You want money to do the recognition points for the most part. And what is the step further with these action spaces, what Viticulture World does is it allows you to enhance the basic action spaces that are on the board, uh, which is awesome. And so throughout the game, there are two that come up. So every round, you flip over two of these possible enhancement spaces. And you can take one of the spaces to take that tile and add it to the board over top of the kind of basic action. So instead of giving a of tour... Of the space you just took? Or the, you're taking a space to upgrade? I'm taking a space to upgrade Got another it. space, okay. probably. Okay. Um, so, for example, one of the spaces that's, that's popular to get money is you give a tour and you get two bucks. That's kind of it. Place two bucks. The enhanced action is you give a tour, you get two bucks, plus you get one dollar. It's all lira, but you get one dollar for every construction that you have on your map. So instead Ooh. of being two dollars, you could get like six, seven, or eight. Mm. Um, instead of just drawing one wine card or one uh, vine card, you can draw a vine card and plant it. So it kind of enhances these really boring actions throughout the game, which is very cool. Um, and there's also possibilities of like selling wine for points and for money, and not just one or the other. Okay. So these enhanced actions are what kind of, in my opinion, makes the game. Um, but I'll get there again. Okay. Each round, players flip over an event card from that continent deck that you chose, um, and it changes something about the board. It might add an extra worker space and say, this is now a new worker space, and it does this. It could do something to the board itself, all that kind of stuff. You have six rounds to win. Wow. So you each have four workers and your grande worker. So you have five workers so each. 24 each actions round. total? Um you have you'll have five, so you have oh, okay. five. Yes, yeah, so you get thirty so actions more. back and forth, and at least in the first scenario, you have to get twenty five points each and ten reputation points, which is like, it is tight. So that's the first thing I'll talk about. This game is like one thing that's that good. I that's liked. What you want. That's one thing that I liked, but I, I can see how this might make people like I can't even beat the first mission, but like this game is toit. It is tight to the point where you're. It, I think that every game is going to come down to the last round. Really? That's the I best. I don't see myself getting to these points and this reputation track in like round three or four. I don't see that happening. It's like, I might get there, but Devin might not. And you all or both three other people if you don't the table. do it. Yeah, because you all have to get there. Can you help each other? So, yes. Okay. So what's new also is your grande worker is essentially like a trader. Wherever you put your grande worker, if the other person or other people at the table have a worker there, you can trade. 
So you can trade wine, you can trade cards, you can trade money. So you can essentially kind of move things around the table to sort of help each other in the moment, knowing like, hey, you need to sell this wine. Let me trade these grapes to you. Let me trade this kind of stuff. So that that allows you to help people and creates, I think, the interaction that um, that this cooperative game wants. Okay. Right? Instead of, instead of like, I'm going to play my game, you're going to play your game. Good luck getting there. Yeah. This creates, this, you know, whether it's forced or not, it creates the interaction there. So oh, that sounds fun. I think that Viticulture World has sort of breathed some new life into Viticulture for me. I'm not, I didn't fall in love with Viticulture. It's not a game that I reach yeah. for regularly <clears throat> or that I reach for often at all. But sure. this being cooperative has now made me want to think about reaching for this version of the game. So if you played it again, you're going to play this version. I'm going to play Viticulture World. Always. Because th- this is weird. I'm trying to like phrase this. So Viticulture is a worker placement game. There are tons of worker placement games I'm picking in front of Viticulture. Right, I see. Mm-hmm. There are not tons of cooperative games I'm picking in front of Viticulture World. Wow. If that okay. makes sense. That's, at least that's at a this big point, deal. Which I like. There's there's other continents to work through. Devin also like liked this way better. Devin was like oh, cool. into this one more. She started and she was like, all right, this is kind of like the original. But then when we started to talk things out, she liked this so, because so it's much better. Because yeah. it was cooperative, we can kind of talk things through. It worked well at two, which, you know, for what Ben said, regular viticulture is not great at two. Mm-hmm. This is much better, I think, because again, you're just working together. You can just go back and forth. No, he actually said it, it was, is good at two. I, didn't, I don't love it at two. He said it, he said it was not good at an odd number of players. Because That's weird. Of, I wonder I why. He's obviously so. played. He's played it more than I have. A lot yeah. more than I have. So and he, they've been I, playing it like crazy. I mean, very interesting. Yeah, they've played Viticulture World a couple times already. Yeah, in the last so couple they've days. Gone through the couple, um, like the the intro scenario and then the first content. Damn it! Should I get it again for the third time? I don't do know. it worldwide. You should try it. No. First. Yeah, try. You know what it makes me want to buy? It makes two me things. want you so bad to play Orleans. Whoa! Period. End. Stop. It makes me want so bad. <laughs> to play the yeah the co-op of Orleans, I know. I want you to play that so. It made me that? think of he that. He hasn't no. played it yet. Well, he's played it, he's played the other expansion that we haven't played. The yeah. in, oh, intrigue one. No. Do you in, have it? Yeah, trade and intrigue. Yeah, I do. I have I have everything. I know. I want you to play it so badly. I will. It's so, so good. Two things. I think this game shines in two. So if I'm going to go specifics, you know, two two areas. I think this game really shines in. Okay. One is the toitness. I already talked about it. The second one is these improvement tiles. They are awesome. They turn these boring action spaces into something juicy that you want to take over and over again, and you can't unless you upgrade the worker placement spot, which you can do in this game, which is cool because now only one person can go there or two people. Now you can add this enhancement tile on here, and you can have multiple people go to the same spot. That is like the best. You can also tailor your strategy to fit the improvement tiles. Because the first two improvement tiles in the first game that come out might not be the first two improvement tiles that come out in the second time. So they're all just shuffled mm-hmm. together so they're shuffled and randomized. Up. They all come out eventually because there's 12 of those and there's six oh, rounds. Oh, so you're saying come out. depending on how they help you, because they're going to help you, they're it's going, going to, to help change you, but the in way a different you play order. the entire oh, okay. game. Yeah, like, okay, if this first one comes out and we're getting money right away, mm-hmm. let's just mm-hmm. get money and boost up a reputation track. And now it's like, okay, this one comes out and we can now sell wine for money and points. Mm-hmm. Let's start trying to fulfill our contracts. Or there's points... I think Devin only fulfilled one contract, but she was able to get points in a lot of other different ways because of these these tiles. So th- those two things, I think, make the game shine. If those weren't in there, if the tightness wasn't there, if I felt like we beat the we like beat the intro scenario with like barely, yeah, like we were like right, it was like the last turn. Well, and that like probably we made like it right there more fun. So that was cool. So if the tightness wasn't there, if the improvement tiles weren't there, it would have fallen flat. Those two things have like elevated it. Do you have the wooden? 
box. I don't. I don't have like the wine crate, which yeah, is pretty cool. That is cool. Each deck. So in order to talk about like replayability, each deck. So each continent, um, you choose six cards and each continent has 10 cards. So you'll have like some sort of variety. So it recommends like play numbers one through six to start with. Okay. And then if you want to replay it, take the 10, shuffle them up, then just take six of those and add it to the thing. If you want to then play through the the continent again and sort of get a different feel for it, don't buy it. I'll We can play it. Okay. I was okay. literally just going to be like, yeah, you're like, I'm going to do this. Do you want to yeah. type now? So overall, good expansion to a game that I know people really love. I, and that I also think was in need of something to kind of make it relevant again and keep it fresh um at least for me because so if it, you thought viticulture was good not great maybe right do you think viticulture world makes it great no but just underneath just underneath that but maybe, i think like he said it's more like in yeah, if the I top of the like, cooperative category yeah it's in the top of the cooperative category that we're reaching for that we would reach for now if devin and i want to play a cooperative game i think our next play might be viticulture world because we want to play that next scenario okay. So, and there's not a lot of cooperative like, worker games. placement type games. Well, just Euro yeah. games in general. Yeah, and, right. And I see. I also see the other side of this. People are like, I want to play a competitive worker placement game. I don't want to play a There's a million of them. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. So keep keep Viticulture, keep your Essential Edition. You're, if you're playing without Tuscany, you're a problem. But play, tu- like, <laughs> you're play, a it, problem. play it with that and cool. <laughs> you're leave doing it, it and wrong. You're like, I don't want, if, if you don't want to play this cooperatively, don't. It, it doesn't like yeah. completely flip the game on its head and create some crazy mm-hmm. like yeah but if you're into cooperative games but if you're games, into cooperative game and you it. like viticulture this is a good this is a good addition euro co-ops are not very po- not, there's not very many of them yeah. I can yeah. only think of three off, off the top of like, my head it's not like a f- like a lot of cooperative games are move and fight and roll and this kind of stuff this this yeah, is, yeah that's what I mean it's a euro this is a strategy what of, is the third one CO2 oh yeah that's a great game right and they're all three well I haven't played viticulture yet but Orleon um, is incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. What's the, what's the um, CO two is incredible. What is the weight of viticulture compared to Castles of Burgundy? I think it's similar. Very similar. Right. Very similar weight. Viticulture is is yeah, is easy to learn. It's easy to teach. It's it's mm-hmm. a yeah. It's a midweight like. Mm-hmm. That's why I think it's also very it's very popular. A lot of people can play it. You're getting wine people like yeah. The drinking community into, they're into the theme into and it. stuff. Yeah. yeah, I bet they're similar. If you two point nine three, so yeah, yeah, so that's like just right underneath in there. the weight of Castle Burgundy. Okay, yeah. very very cool. Well, I, I want world. Natalie to type. Yeah, but you said no. <sighs> let's play. Let's play yeah. it because okay. you would then have to buy that and the world. Yeah, so you'd have to buy essential edition buy the world Fuck. and the world. One thing. Okay, so if I'm going to talk about like negatives, really quick. Yeah, sure. The hats I think are kind of silly. That does. Sound um, silly. They could have made them. I think a little better, goofy. Um, they also, if you really love Tuscany. Uh, they they took two seasons away, so the board itself is much closer to the original than Tuscany. But Tuscany had four seasons to place, and this only has two. Um, mm-hmm. And they took that you don't you don't play with the special workers that you do in Tuscany. So some of the best okay. parts of Tuscany are gone, in order to make it a more cooperative <clears throat> experience. I think sure, but some of those experiences are gone if you really want those special workers. They're just not in this. Okay, so those would be my negatives. Um, before I world. talk about the next game, I just reached out to Emily and I was like, "What the fuck was I yeah, supposed to talk about?" Yeah, what was my about? fucking joke? And she told she okay, she, right. she at first oh, she she was like, "I don't know what was it." Oh my god! And she's like, "Was it this?" And I'm like, "Yes, it was." <laughs> okay. So okay, but I, for I don't know, we have been planning this trip for a month or two. Right well, out, a out month, there? I think to go. Oh, there. I yeah. think we since our last yeah probably since a month June. or two, and so. I was expecting to go the entire time until really the day before 
when Scarlett was like, Had okay, it's just not going to work. Because yeah. the day before or two days before, you're like, she'll probably be fine. Yeah, I'm like, she'll probably be okay. Yeah, we have and a couple days for her to break this fever. Nope. One of my favorite things to do over at Ben and Emily's is eat food. <laughs> and oh Emily gosh. makes this buffalo chicken dip that is just so fucking good. <laughs> and I want it every time yeah. I go over there, I'm just like, Eat so I'm usually a very polite person when it comes to being at someone's house, but I'm like, you better fucking make that buffalo chicken dip or I'm not coming. <laughs> and so when I found out I wasn't, so she had, of course, bought everything and planned to make it. And mm-hmm. then I find out that I'm not going and I'm like, I'm texting everyone and I'm like, don't touch the fucking buffalo chicken dip. Yeah. <laughs> stay, hey, Sam, stay away from the goddamn buffalo chicken dip. And so Emily was like, are you kidding me? And she's like, I'm going to send pictures of everyone eating the buffalo chicken dip just so you can, you know, <laughs> feel worse. So Natalie comes home from the day you know and uh you know great time whatever and i'm on my computer and she comes downstairs and she's like hey how's it going i saved you or emily saved you a little buffalo chicken dip and i was like yes i turn around and it's this little thimble it's like a fucking we it's like the a, smallest tupperware ever it is we like talked about that the moment dixie natalie walked cup, in the you door. did oh yeah it's like a dixie cups worth of buffalo chicken dip and i just look at her and i'm like are you are you kidding me are you serious and she's like well they wanted you to have some and i was like they want me to have some i was like that's all there is left i'm like i could sneeze and there'd be more on the fucking you know thing <laughs> than, than what they got <laughs> yeah and so she's taking a video of my of me reacting to it all like stupidly like where's my buffalo chicken what the fuck and uh it turns out there was a whole like <laughs> there was like a whole thing that she oh, saved me yeah we there them. was talks of literally just sending home a chip yeah. with a little bit on it. And we did, like, what was but left. then I really also had <laughs> right. more, which I he immediately upstairs. ate was, at like midnight. Yeah, I, I got home at like midnight. Just just and I just, I just like took it down. I'm like, oh my god! Oh my god! I should post so that good. video online. <laughs> online. <laughs> on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> my MySpace is gonna see this. Yeah, I can't wait. Join our Discord. I'll post it. Yeah, you can even do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you've heard me talk in recent episodes about the publisher's small box games and how affectionate I am towards them, which sounds really creepy, but I couldn't think of another adjective on the fly. So because I'm stupid, so I'm rolling with that. So I have stupid. been backing. Thank you. I have been backing every single uh. game on Kickstarter from them since the North a few years ago. To the North. To the, the North. <laughs> from the game. North to the South. And what? Oh gosh. Natalie's on her West. second triple jam. There we go. <laughs> did you guys, did you hear? This I mean, happening. me and Jeff heard it so loud. I don't think she, she didn't actually open the can into the microphone, but it was I wonder, so Well, I'm debating because I'm going to go get something out of the fridge and I'm like, do I open it over there? Or do I run upstairs? Well, last and open time it I opened it at no. the table and you guys like, you could have just opened it by the fridge. So this time I was like, I'm definitely Natalie, opening yeah. it by the fridge. People in the Discord were like, you could. There was a shockwave that you no, could feel. No, they were feel not. I'm on the Discord. I read it. Open. Somebody said. Somebody said yep. something about like, like this giant oh, earthquake dang that happened. Bug. Dang bug. Anyway, so I have been backing every single game on Kickstarter from them since the North. Um, and what I've noticed is that while all the games are indeed small. They really do span a wide variety of mechanisms and gameplay feels. I get super excited each time a new one hits crowdfunding, so you can guess how I felt when I saw John's newest venture was a print-and-play flip-and-write game for only $4 called Copperdale. I had I, I got a half chub and a whole smile as I clicked until I was satisfied, which because of how excited I was, it was only like three or four. It was actually quite embarrassing. Well, a week or two later, the PNP files were ready to rock. And so I printed that sucker off, laminated its brains out and sat down <laughs> for a night of forceful yet tender soloing. 
in Copperdale, player are trying to score the most points across three different zones. Yes, I say player because Copperdale is a solo game. All you need for this game is the board that you print off, the rules, a deck of cards, a laminator, laminating sheets, electricity, a dry erase marker, color ink in your printer, a paper cutter to get all the little scraps of lamination off so it looks clean, desire to play, the gift of sight, hands, oxygen to breathe so you can stay alive while playing in about 10 to 15 minutes. Why do you That's need electricity you need. to, to print? 65% of that. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you need electricity? Well, how are you going to power the laminating machine? Boom. Or the printer. <laughs> Yeah, or C when you're playing at night. God, electricity. Natalie, quit you also need a laminating to... machine and a printer. You said that. Just. <laughs> I just said that. Said that. Just. He said laminating machine, electricity, printer, cutting things, pencils, <laughs> eyeballs, hands. Oxygen to neck. breathe while you're doing Oxygen. It. Well, you also need a laminator. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about that? Idiot? Did you say a chair? You don't need a chair. You don't <laughs> you fucking need that. a chair. You, didn't you think this game table? requires you need a chair? All you need are exactly the things that I said. A game of Copperdale <laughs> takes 12 months to play, <laughs> or 12 rounds. On your turn, you simply draw a card from the top of the deck and decide which of three zones to play it to. Listen to me, Natalie, so you don't ask me if I just said this a sentence ago. Okay, I'm then you repeat this process with another card, <laughs> and then a third. Jeff's running upstairs to open his can. <laughs> Each of the three cards must be above a different zone. And then once that happens, you resolve each zone. He just opened his drink. Writing on the board based on which card you chose for each. After you do that, you discard all the cards and do it again 11 more times. After that, you total up all the points across each zone and compare it to the rule book to see how much you sucked. <laughs> Each and you zone, probably sucked. Each zone is different with how they interact <laughs> with the cards, and it's really cool. In zone one, you're filling numbers in boxes to try and unlock special abilities that will do cool things for you to make the game easier, or give you more options and flexibility. Each ability has two boxes, and to unlock them, the number in the left box must be smaller than the number in the right box. One ability you can unlock, for example, is once per turn you can cycle a card you don't like to the bottom of the deck. So doing this allows you to see four cards each turn instead of three, and that can be really nice. Another zone has you filling in boxes based on the number of cards above it, and once you fill in both boxes, you get to cross off boxes in another zone that will help uh, and give you points. The only thing is here that the numbers must be equal. Another area of this zone has you marking boxes based on the suit of the card you played, not the value, which in turn allows you to cross off another box in a different zone to get you points. So the game is in placing the cards at the beginning of your turn. Say you really want to unlock that ability that lets you cycle the card. But on the previous turn in the first box you played, it had a number six. And then you just drew a number five. Well, you don't want to play it in that zone one as you won't be able to unlock that ability because five is smaller than six. So maybe you play it into a different zone because while the five doesn't help you, the suit that it's in does as you need to cross off that diamond box to get you more points. It's a really fun little puzzle that happens every turn. So things I liked. I really enjoyed this game. It's so damn simple and small. Just a deck of cards and that player sheet is all you need, plus the other 20 things that Natalie didn't listen to that I said earlier. There is no setup other than shuffling the deck of cards and dealing out 12. The turns take about 30 seconds and the game is over in minutes. And really, it gives you that feeling of wanting to try it again immediately How many as minutes? you realize all the mistakes you made. How many like what? 20 like 20 minutes? Said like 5 to 10. Like so many times. I don't think it's that quick. There is more to it than meets <laughs> the eye. The first couple of times I played, I was convinced that there was no way to successfully accomplish a couple of these goals completely. But then I realized on my third play that you had to utilize the abilities properly to get done what you need to. It's a really fun little puzzle that is not really taxing on the brain, but has enough there to make you want to keep playing. I love games where the rules are explained once and then you like don't ever need them again. That goes a long way to replayability, and this game has that. I'll likely keep it at my desk to take breaks with that work, as it's seriously like five to ten minutes for an entire game. The cost is perfect. <laughs> $4 for this puppy puts it in that zone where the risk is extremely low. So even if it's something you find that you don't enjoy that much, how can you not at least give it a try for that price? 
right? Four dollars. Let me ask a question. Yeah. You might have said this as I ran upstairs to open sure. um, my drink, but is is this something that will be available as not print and play? Or is no. this just strictly print Good and play? Question. So you need Good question. laminator eyes. Hands, all those things all those that things I said you needed was kind of but a joke. Did you need a but laminator? You actually do that. What okay. about a laminator and a yeah. printer? Okay, so you need those. Oh, you don't need just a laminator, said? but then you'd have to keep printing print the own. pages. Okay. Well, let me get to the things I don't like. Got it. You definitely want to laminate this game. <laughs> As it would simply eat all your paper if you were going to play this over and over with that one. Yeah, you could use pencil and erase, uh, but even that would only probably last a few plays before you need to get another sheet. Laminators are pretty standard in a lot of people's households, but if you don't have one, that could be a potential barrier for this game. It's not $4. These aren't like full page sheets, though, so you probably could fit like three or four on one eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. No, the the two sheets i think they pretty much took up an entire sheet of paper okay so two per so you get yeah you get like two per page right um as this game is a solo flip and write it's not likely something i'll play much other than at my desk though it could be a great game if you're traveling uh for work in the hotel room or on a plane because you could seriously fit this game if you cut it right inside of a box of a deck of cards it, the footprint's that small. Overall, I have really enjoyed my time with Copperdale and look forward to to getting uh, better to up my score. And I'm happy that I have something at my desk to take a break with that I'll actually enjoy. If you've got $4 and a printer and a laminator, give this one a <laughs> and shot. eyeballs what and do a you writing think? utensil. What do you think, Natalie? <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Natalie? <laughs> Let's hear it. I thought this game was fun. Um, it was a fun solo game. I don't ever play solo games. Um, Ryan and I pl- actually played it at the same time next to each that other? That was my question was, could you just play it? Yeah. Yes, but no. Because I mean, you're you playing can't completely, use the same deck of cards. Right. You're playing completely separate okay. games. We just happened to play it at the same time next to each other. So it like it kind of cool. felt like Cute. a, like a, what do you call it? Game, like a game? Like, like a multiplayer a, no, game? Multiplayer, multiplayer solitaire. solitaire. Even though it wasn't, we just like kind of, right, like, it I got this score, I got this score, but you're still cards. playing by yourself. Because you can't use the same deck for multiple people because you have to actually place them above your board. Right. So if right. like we drew one card, you'd, you one of the players would have like, to like, yeah, like remember, like we could, you could take a little bit longer in turn to be like, I'll go first. And now you go with the same cards, but nah, it, it just wouldn't no, work. It doesn't think, work. It's, yeah. it's a solo game. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I don't know. I thought I thought it was fun. I thought it was a cool little puzzle. Um, you could just play it on the couch at your coffee table. I thought the abilities, the abilities are key. I didn't yeah, realize that. Totally. I only played it once, so I didn't realize that at first. But um, I got a score of seven, which Ryan told no, me no, if you no, get no, below no, that's ten. That's not true. It was eight. Oh. Oh. Don't don't sell yourself short. Ryan said if that's it's below ten, you're basically the worst. The worst. And I, I got didn't and he say that. no. And before we Just played, he, he, was seven, like, he was like <laughs> he was like he was like if you get below ten, you're the worst. And luckily, <laughs> my first game I got eleven, and then I got twelve, and then I played and I got like eight, and I was like, all I said was according to the rule book, ten or less is like try. Oh, you better try I guess, again. I guess. No, you said the you used the does word, it say better try again or say you're fucking terrible? You're the fucking worst. Your name is Natalie, and you scored less than ten. Fuck you. Fake game, fake rules. Fuck Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, I thought this was a fun game. If you're into solo games, I think this one's like you said, really simple, really... It's just a fun puzzle. Totally agree. If you're into solo games, absolutely. Almost at the exact same time that I backed Copperdale, I also backed a game called Aquamarine, which is a print and play roll and write that also costs $4. Same? No. Oh, okay. How does this stuff happen? Like when zombie (sighs) games come out, or like, like games six. that are the same. Yeah, there's all of a sudden like in a in right away there's like a bunch. Yeah. But they don't know that it's going to be popular. So like I don't know how this shit happens. Anyway, this is the second game from publisher Postmark Games, 
Uh, last year, they put out another pr- uh, print-and-play roll-and-write game called Voyages, which I haven't played. But after playing Aquamarine, I'm definitely going to go check it out. Spoilers. Okay. In Aquamarine, players are going on a series of dives in the ocean to explore marine life. Each turn will have two dice rolled, and players pick uh, either die to activate, which they will then use to draw shapes on their board depending on the number they took. Each turn, a new die and shape will be chosen and must be drawn orthogonally adjacent to do uh, to the most previously placed shape. The goal is to get points by encapsulating uh, different icons on the board with these shapes that you're drawing. There are butterfly fish that score you points depending on how many of them you surround with an individual shape, cuttlefish and stingray, which give you points for being surrounded by a shape depending on if it's day or night, which is determined by the round track at the beginning. If you surround jellyfish, they're going to score you negative points, so you need to watch out for that. When you're choosing dice at the beginning of your turn, if you take the larger of the two numbers that are rolled, you obviously get to draw a larger shape, which is definitely better. However, you must then take the difference between those two dice and cross off boxes in your oxygen tank and if you ever cross off the last box in your oxygen tank your current dive ends and you have to start a new dive and that matters because a lot of the juicier points natalie doesn't want me to say juicier a lot of the better points are no, further I'm down the sheet say it about me okay a lot of the <laughs> better juicier points are further down the sheet so starting over on another dive might have you wasting valuable time that if you had just planned a little better and waited could have seen you get deeper and possibly score more points after the 24th turn the game ends and players total up their points based on which icons they've enclosed in shapes throughout the game and then the player with the most points wins man did i enjoy this game I loved drawing the damn shapes on the board choosing where you would start and which fucking path to take in the water i just was saying like a a swear before everything. Choosing which <laughs> freaking die each time was a lot of goddamn fun. And one fucking thing I forgot to son of a bitch mention that was the coolest <laughs> thing that was if you rolled doubles, you got to draw a shape two sizes bigger than the numbers rolled. So a, a couple times Natalie rolled double sixes. And so we each got to draw a shape made up of eight squares. And you're beholden to certain shapes when you roll the dice normally. But when you roll doubles, you can make any shape you want. Mm-hmm. And that just feels really cool and fun. And when it happens, everyone gets so happy. <laughs> It's just like double sixes. We were like, woohoo! Except when I rolled snake eyes at the end. Yeah, that sucked. But why you got to bring me down? I really enjoyed all the different ways to score points and how you had to plan on when to get certain icons depending on the time of day. It was simple and interesting and worked very well. There's another map that came with the Kickstarter, and that's got a few different mechanisms, and so I can't wait to get to that one too. Things I didn't like. The only thing I can really think of that I don't like is that the game's going to get probably stale after a bit. Playing the same two maps over and over isn't really going to sustain the fun for that long. However, there is something really cool they included in the print and play files. They gave you all the map elements. So if you want, you can actually make your own oh, maps. Cool. So like switch now, it I am much too lazy to actually do that. I'm not going to fucking <laughs> yeah. do that. I just want no, I you to do yeah, it for me. Do you know what I mean? But, so if other yeah. people out there make maps, I would make them. You know, I'd, if, if you, they were like, here's the here's a here's a map you can make. I'd be like, okay, cool, I'll make. That oh, okay, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna You're think not gonna of it myself because I just don't have yeah. the time for that. Um, but you get all this for just four dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say, even if it doesn't like stand the test of time. It's four dollars. Like you're gonna get four dollars. Even playing it once or twice, you're gonna get four dollars worth. The same criticism that I gave to Copperdale. I can also give to this. You really need to laminate these sheets as they're full color and beautiful looking, but you don't want to be printing them over and over again. You must laminate these so you can use them over and over. Overall, I loved this game. I can't wait to try the second map with Natalie to see which one we enjoy more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just had a ton of fun. What do you think? I really like this game. I thought it was really fun. Um, it it was interesting to figure out like when because like you said you only have 24 hours so like 24 turns to go through all three dives and so it's an interesting 
thing to decide when to stop and move on to the next one because you don't want to leave yourself with only like three turns on the last dive. But also it's interesting to like figure out like which direction you want to go when you're like diving down into the water Um, because sometimes you're taking a risk. You're like, okay, I'm going to put my shape here hoping that I get something that's going to give me this next thing that gives me points, but it might not work out that way. And then you kind of don't get that thing. That happened a lot. That was a cool. That was a cool decision point that I liked. Yeah, that it wasn't existing in something like I don't know, like Twilight Inscription, <laughs> but it was really prevalent in this game where you you felt like everything you did, like oh shit, like what do I do? Right. I really enjoyed that. Which yeah. die do I take? Yeah. Because I had a couple situations where I'm on a dive and I'm like, man, I really want to take this bigger die, and but that's going to give me four marks off of my oxygen tank. Yeah. And so I really then have to get. Hope that I get lower numbers that are going to give me good enough stuff so I don't have to keep crossing off oxygen. Yeah. And then you roll like a two and a six and you're like, I can't use a two. That's not going to get me anywhere. So I got to take the six, but that's four more marks in my right. oxygen tank. Right. And then you're basically, you're done with this. Right. Dive. Then you're basically done. And it's yeah. like, oh, that was really, really cool. Yeah. So those are, co- do you have anything else to say? No. I don't want to cut you off. So those are Copperdale oh and Aquamarine, two $4 print and play. They were fun. Flipping right, rolling right games. Eight dollars. Not even. Not even. Hold on. I don't know if that math checks out. Four plus. Well, Well, plus the cost of the laminator (laughs) and then like the ink from the printer. What about a laminator and print? (laughs) 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 Gotcha. All right, Jeff. What you got, man? I got a game on Kickstarter right now. There is somewhere around eighteen days left of this Kickstarter. This game is called Trailblazers. I've heard of that. That's on Kickstarter. Yeah, it's. It's been they're doing a, a a pretty good job of advertising on oh, Instagram okay, so a little bit, not like oh. not paying advertisement like Moonrakers, which is everywhere. Um, <laughs> th- there's been a lot of reviews recently coming out on Instagram because you know marketing. This is how publishers, especially smaller publishers, are marketing is through sending these games, these preview copies to people, and then hey, the day of the release or a couple days before, we need you to kind of flood the market, sort of right, just start start sending these yes. things out. So yeah, Trailblazers. Look it up if you look it up on Board Game Geek. Yeah, it's going to be Trailblazers like 2023, right? right? There, there are games called Trailblazer. There's a game called Trail Space Blazer. There's so this isn't like the most unique name. So Trailblazers <laughs> 2023. It's on Kickstarter. There's at least two weeks left. Dude, the artwork on these tiles is, looks. It looks almost exactly like uh, Nine Tiles Panic to me. Is it, it Trailblazer is, the John Moore? Nope. See? Oh. <laughs> See? You're no, already. T-R-A-I-L-B-L-A-Z-E-R-S. One word, Trailblazers, and then it's 2023. Ryan Courtney. Yeah, Ryan Courtney is the designer. Um, okay, got it. I, if you could pull the artist up, that would be amazing. Because, Seth Lucas. Um, yeah, the cover's nothing. cool. He's a, no, Seth, he's a nobody. Seth he Lucas. is he's um, amazing because the art is is a huge positive. I will yeah, I'll, looks, I'll get to yeah, that. It looks, like it. it looks cool. It fits it fits this kind of like hiking outdoorsy sort of theme in a very <gasps> cool way. Are those um, all those wooden things like a yeah. moose? <laughs> yeah, you get to put them on there. Oh my goodness! So this is from a new publisher called Bite Wing Games, um, like B I T E Bite Wing. Um, and yes, designers Ryan Courtney. If you don't know the name Ryan Courtney, you might have heard the name Pipeline or Curious Cargoes. Um, Curious, yeah, Curious Cargo, which is this two-player game, which is essentially Pipeline. Um, and right. <laughs> so in, in Trailblazers, players are building a biking, hiking, and kayaking path Ooh, in I their like campsite. Kayaking. If you are a path person and you like Pipeline and building the path, this is another path-building game. <laughs> hey, he's got Ryan Courtney is, he's got his, he's got his path-creating lane. So instead of Pipelines, these are now kayaking, biking, and hiking <laughs> paths. Okay. That's cool, though. Um, it is cool. Um, 
everybody has like big squares that are these specific camps. So you have like a biking camp, a hiking camp, and a kayaking camp. You have these big squares, okay? This okay. game is a drafting game. Okay. So players begin by drafting two cards that on these cards, they're like almost half cards, like half a square, essentially. They're like a tall rectangle. Like um, um, Bandito. Yeah, like Bandito. Yeah. They're like... They're like any, anything that, or, or if you played Insider, the tiles from Insider yeah, like, that tell yeah. you whether you're Insider. Um, you draft two cards, and then you place those two cards in your in your campsite. Okay, you are essentially trying to connect paths, creating these loops that lead to and from that campsite. So if you think about it thematically, someone shows up to the hiking thing, mm -hmm. which is the brown path, and. You want to say this is a path that you go on and you'll loop back to the campsite, just like normal paths. So if you want to go on the biking path, I think that's maybe the reddish looking one. Okay. Um, that is that you want to create loops to that start and end at that one at your bigger campsite square. If you're looking at pictures, that should make a little Whoa, more sense. Whoa, one of these loops is fucking It's crazy loops. So you're, you're creating these loops. So you take two cards, you place them on your board. Um, cards can be placed fully. Cards can also be overlapping other cards, which huh. is awesome. Oh, wow. um, and in my brain creates this like insane like web of like, oh, I can put it here. Oh, but I can overlap this. Oh, I can tuck it here. Oh, I can put it there. And it's just like this. Almost too many decision yeah, points. There's yeah, there's so many things. So um, you'll end up each round placing six cards on your board, whether they're overlapped or, or fully or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And the game ends after the fourth round. This game plays up to eight people, wow. which is very cool. And so you can... Take four, pass. This is very similar in terms of like the the time frame of like, um, like Seven Wonders or Hadara plays the same at three as it yeah. would eight sort of thing because yeah. like, you're you're drafting and passing and placing sure. all at the same time. Yeah. At the end of the at the end of the game, you're counting the paths that you've created, the loops that you have created, and you get points for how long that loop is. So. Um, in pipeline, there ends up being these like little notches on the pipes that tells you how long the pipe is. Okay. In trailblazers, there are these little just like features on the card. So if it's a kayaking path, it looks like a little rapids, like a little drawing yes. of a rapids. I see. So that tells you how long it is. So if there's six little features along your path, you get six points for that, that loop. Are you, does if, everyone have their own individual? Yeah, I was going to ask yes. this too. So you're okay. all playing, you're, you're like, all creating your own. Enormous. Yeah. That's, that's one thing that's going to okay, come up. Sure, sure. This is. So you're creating your own set of, okay. of, of paths. And if you don't finish a loop or if a loop has different like colors, if all of a sudden a bike path turns into a mountain or a hiking path, it doesn't count. Yeah. You have to create one continuous loop or if you have six continuous loops, you count each of those those different <clears throat> loops. Okay? okay. Cool. There are um, there's also like some end game points and some ways to like get at the end of the game, do you have this or who's the first person to complete that? Yeah. Um, there are modules that bring along those cute little animal meeples. So there are cards that have these animal meeples on them. If you don't cover those up, if you'd make a, a moment decision like, all right, I'm not going to cover this card up, you get to put the animal meeple on there, which are mm -hmm. all different and really cute and awesome if you like little animal meeples. Yeah, they're And that cute. gives you an extra point. So that's like a module you can add. As It's like you're going through there and you see a moose. Like how cute. You get an extra point for your trail. There's also these other another module that are like bikers, hikers, and kayakers that go along your path and you move them every every time you place cards, which is just ways to add some complexity and really takes the game from, if you play the base game of just placing and creating the paths, it's a very light kind of light rules, light Looks game. Like it, yeah. To mm -hmm. this then, if you add one or both of those modules in, creates sort of like a medium weight puzzle. Um, so let's talk about it. Trailblazers is beautiful. Okay. It is a 
in my opinion, because I don't think in this path sort of way, it's a challenging puzzle. But I did like it. I liked the challenging puzzle of it. I do think that if I played with people who are good at those types of things, I would could get demolished. Yeah. Um, and the everything about the game made me want this to stay on the table for a long time. Mm. Like the artwork oh, yeah. is cool. Those little animal meeples <laughs> yeah, were very cool. Cute. It kind of felt like you were doing what you were actually doing in the game, not just okay. connecting paths to paths. Um, my favorite part was that the cards can be like fully overlapped. They can be placed separately. It created so many more decision points um, throughout the game in a good way, in like that a sounds, challenging way. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, the modules are perfect. Um, I, I already mentioned that it plays up to eight, which would be great for any type of group because again, you could out, you could keep this a lighter game and you could play, you could play this game with Cameron and Lexi. The, the four of you guys can play. You pass the cards. You just try to create loops, start here and end mm -hmm. here. So you, you trace the path along, or you can play with eight and you can just ramp it up and say, we're going to add all these challenges and all these puzzles in to sort of bump it up. So I like that. Um, my brain went in like so many different directions in a way that I didn't hate of, of where do I place these different path cards and what do I do? Which I, like I said, I didn't hate because yeah. there are times where I'm like, I don't fucking know what to do. Right, like, yeah. And it was also a more low stakes thing where in pipeline, I'm playing an economic game where I need to, I need to know what's going on in the economic part of the board when I'm playing pipeline and create the puzzle of my pipes that best fits the the, the economy that's going on in pipeline in yeah. this i'm just creating the longest path yeah. sure and one of the coolest feelings of this game is which i think that the both of you would like the most is this there is a pressure luck element in this game of like do i keep my path going right when do i turn around yeah, when do i come back yeah. because you can you can keep building on paths as you go you can keep just building it's not like in one round you have to do biker path or in one mm -hmm. round you have to do kayaking you can just keep going and go all right when do i turn around Am I going to get the right turn that I yeah. need to make this tile come back? If you come, come back. back around, let's say yeah. I make a loop that's four. Whoop. Yep. The game's not over. So can I then later break, overlap, break it up, and then make it go longer? Yeah. Okay, that's oh. cool. And you yeah. don't have then, to connect. the Like, if I am on the red area, can mm -hmm. I? am I allowed to connect water to it? Like Because it looks like on this picture, there's like one that has like water coming out of there. Yeah, like yeah, that, that just like wouldn't allowed? that just wouldn't count. It yeah, you could score do that. Anything. Yeah, it wouldn't score anything. That was probably maybe there to connect something else, like maybe to connect the water thing. Yeah, it would just be that. That's not a valid. It path. terminates there. Yeah, yeah, that's not a valid path. Interesting. So that pressure luck element is cool, and it, it feels like okay. I in a two player game, it's a little less because I know not that I remembered. You could essentially be like, I know what cards I'm passing back and forth, but in eight players, you just don't necessarily know what cards you're going to get eight the entire players. time. Wow. Um, I think there could be a little bit of AP in the game if you're going to overthink some things and try to go, all right, how do I orient all of these different things? Yeah. Uh, I had an initial difficulty trying to score my paths as as I was trying to figure out where do my loops start and end. But once you figure out how to score them, it goes really easily. But mm -hmm. I was looking at the wrong... Like, I was trying to go loops inside of loops, and that's not how you score them. And I right. was just not thinking... Okay. I was not thinking in the path that the rule book and directions are meant to be. So I was like, what the fuck are we doing? So Devin and I spent like five minutes trying to like count in the direction book. Like how did they get 19 points and we're not getting this? So yeah. that is something to get over if you do back this game or if, if anybody's listening to this game who created it, maybe tighten that up slightly. Um, there was a huge effort in this solo gaming. Ryan Courtney even put out something that says, he's like, I could have released this game as just a solo 
play. Wow. So even though it plays yeah. eight, I know that I haven't played the solo yet. I know there was a lot of effort in this solo. It's called like an expedition or like exploration or something where there's different challenges to meet as you're playing this by yourself. So okay. it seems like, and from some of the other reviewers that I know who play some solo games, they seem to enjoy that solo challenge. Um, it's a table hog. It's going to get, it's going to get in the way. Eight would need, you would need to like five tables, orient some <laughs> directions or sit in a corner kind of thing. Yeah. There are, so the last thing I say um, is about it is that there are three different ways to back this game, which is yeah, kind of cool. I'm seeing that right now. So the first way you can back this and you get like this little, um, like soft square case essentially and you get the components for a four player base game so you just get the cards you don't get any animal meeples you don't get the expansion models you can buy you can back it as a four player carry in your pocket sort of game yeah i saw that which is, is that cool the one with the little like comes with a little carabiner and you can, can clip like, it on something yeah. and it's a four player game you can then back it as um like the non-deluxe version but it will i think it will play four with the modules mm-hmm. or you can then get eight player with the modules i think is how you can bag it so if you're like i'm never gonna fucking play this game with eight people <laughs> you don't have to get the eight player version so that's kind of cool yeah. and it's not like it's almost instead of it just being add-ons it's like here's the three different ways that you can do it overall right. the puzzle is very cool i am happy to keep this in my collection i reached back out and i was like where do you need me to send this because a lot of times it's like here's yeah. the preview copy where you do you need it me somewhere send it? else and he was like well kickstarter's done and it's already funded it's not it's not finished yeah but yeah we've Basically we've opened it up there. and he's like keep yeah. it and then i'll let you know what when to send it where i'm like okay well i can play this a couple Sweet. more times yeah I, so it's a cool if you like path building sort of games if you need something that plays eight and also feels kind of like a game puzzly challenge this is a this is good i see the the deluxe edition is 80 dollars yeah is, is there enough component quality wise here to so sustain that, that? So here's is what that you're getting: eight players eight. plus the um, animal. Yeah, components? that's that's the everything. So you get all the animal meeples, you get the the wooden meeples that are the kayakers, bikers, and and the other thing, and then you get two decks of cards that then go from four to eight. I think okay. if you're not playing this with eight, or you don't think you're going to play this with eight, you might yeah. not need that. Go with the standard edition. Go with the standard, which is fifty still bucks. Eighty dollars. Yeah. Like Sweet. Lot. It's gotten some good stuff. Rado says pipeline is fantastic. Curious Cargo is a brilliant design also. Mm. But this is perfection. Ooh. Oh. Rado. Whoa. Yeah, so it's it's good and it, and it, it funded looks immediately cool. and it's it's going to get it's, some some praise. It's very like it's a tra- and it's a, it's an attractive game. It is. Yep. It so like that's draws, gonna draw you some in. people in. Yeah. yeah. It, it reminds me of Bandito in a way. The yeah, card yeah, size and, right. and they got the pads on them right. too. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what I'm comparing it to cost wise, because like Bandito is like a five dollar game. Yeah, it seems. What's like, what's know. just the four player base path game like with the that one's fifty. Okay, so it's fifty, and then the travel the travel super travel edition is thirty four. Okay, so thirty four fifty and fifty 80. and eighty. Oh, yeah, okay. you might. Yeah, so, so check into it, and it's. How long I think does it's it good. take? Took Devin and I less than an hour, forty five minutes. Okay, so okay, like that 40, seems maybe. cool. Yeah. It seems like a cool game. So that's Trailblazers it's actually longer on Kickstarter. Than I thought it would be a couple awesome. weeks. Left. Yeah, well, I think part of that was like we were like, how do I? <laughs> yeah, these paths in my brain are just like that. Sounds like it'd be, yeah, it'd be hard because yeah. you can overlap. So oh, yeah. right. Yep. So uh, what we've been doing the last few months now? Maybe it's been a year. I don't know. We've been pl- we were like play a game before we start the show. Yeah. And so we played a couple today. One of those that we played was a game that was super hot at Gen Con. There was a million copies of it, and I just never grabbed one uh, from Bezier called Cat in the Box. Yeah. I didn't know a ton about it. It was It's a on cat my in the list. box. 
<laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. I, it was on my list uh, as a game to check out, and I knew it was trick-taking was involved, and mm-hmm. but I didn't really look into it much beyond that. I didn't so realize I, how hot the game was. I didn't be. either. So I saw yeah. it at Bezier's booth, and there was a thousand of them. Maybe 2,000 of them. Maybe 3,000 Maybe of even them. five. There might have been 6,000. <laughs> I can see that as a real possibility. 8,000? That seems reasonable. 10,000? Maybe. <laughs> anyway, there was a shit ton of copies, and so I wasn't really like... It, it wasn't on my radar. I'm like, okay, I got to pick this up yeah. now. But then, on the last day, I go... I'm like, you know what? I've been hearing some things about this. It's gone. It's gone. And I was yeah, like, it's gone oh, somewhere. shit. Yeah. Nelson um, from Fantasy and Some Flights or Nelson All Over was talking about this, made a video or something about this game and was saying how much he loved it. He was like, this is yeah. the best trick game I've played in a long time. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I had that like, <laughs> I think I he told it. us at Gen Con too. Yeah, I think he did. We, like, were, we were like, like what are you playing? He's like, oh, about? Cat in the Box. It's amazing. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And so I was mad at myself. So luckily, we went to Bezier and I asked them, what's up with this? It's gone. And they were like, yes, but pre-orders are shipping like tomorrow yeah, yes and uh, okay. yeah so yeah. if you order it now you'll get it in, like, what if so i'm like oh okay so i want this I game ordered yeah. it now and i got it like a week ago and so i thought it was gonna be a great opportunity to get to the table with jeff and natalie because it's a quick game that's what we like to play before the show our quick games um that maybe have a little buzz to them that we can talk about right so we talked about this one no we played no we yes we played yes. this game yep. we're gonna talk about it now right now so in cat in the box it is like i said it's a trick-taking game the thing about this game is in most trick-taking games in all trick-taking games except this one you are playing <laughs> cards of a certain suit mm-hmm. right usually there's like the four suits in, in the standard deck or sometimes there's just like you know their own kind of suits and you know um they have a certain value, and then you have to follow the suit that was led, and then the highest value in that followed suit is then the winner of that trick, who then leads the next subsequent tricks, right? In this game, all the cards are black backgrounded. None of them have an inherent suit or color to them. They have a value between one through nine, and so the players are choosing the suit color every time they play. So if it's if it starts with me, and I'm going to lead a card, I get to pick what color I want this card to be. And the way it works is there's this central board in the middle of the table, and it's got uh, four different colors, because there's four colors in the game, red, yellow, blue, and green. And if I put down like a five, and I'm saying, okay, this is going to be green, guys, five green, I have to put one of my little player tokens on the five green space on that central board, which is basically saying I've played the five green. There's not another green card. There's not another five card out there that can be green, right? So then it's the next player's turn. So let's say it's Natalie's turn. Since I led with what I'm saying is green, for Natalie to win that trick, she has to also play green of a higher cu- of a higher number. She can play whatever the hell she wants to. But if she doesn't play a green card, she then removes this token next to her green, next to the green uh Color. color on her little player board and that basically says i don't have any green cards in my hand so i'm playing a different a different suit yeah it kind of has that's like a really cool way to handle that right yeah there's like an the x green area. so for the rest of that round which is like eight cards or so she can't play green cards now because she's basically you know playing off to to play some other cards so if she wants to be able to have the ability to play a green card in the future she has to then make a card she plays green right then whether it's higher or lower. If it's higher, good for her. She could win that trick. Before you even start the round, there's a little bidding that you do a la Skull King, where you have a lot more time in this game than you do in Skull King to place your bid. 
but you're basically going to say, how many tricks do I think I'm going to win that round? And if you're correct, you're going to earn some victory points, uh, depending on, it's cool, this little, it's almost like a little uh, area you know, majority thing on the on the central board that's going to give you points. But anyway, back to the game. So yeah. we're we're going round and round, uh, playing tr- uh, cards to these colors and in the central board until one of two things happens: either everybody plays all their cards in their hand until there's one left, which will end the round, or something called a paradox happens. And the way a paradox works is if you ever cannot play a card based on the rules, then the round ends immediately, and you have created a paradox and you're going to lose points instead of gaining points so you gain points at the end of a round for every trick that you won you also gain points if you successfully got your bid correct at the beginning based on tokens that are on that main central board that are adjacent to each other you get one point in your largest group of those but if you caused a paradox you instead lose one point for every trick you won and even if you won that bid of yours you don't get any points for that and those can be huge swings, which we'll talk, which we'll talk about all in a second. Uh, but the way a paradox works is if you're about to play a card, uh, like so let's say Jeff played a five green and I can't play green because earlier I played a different suit when someone played a green. So now I don't have access to play green. So I can't play green. Let's say I also can't play red. So all I can play are yellow and blue. And all I have in my hand are threes and fours. But on yellow and blue on the main board, the threes and fours are already covered up, so I can't play those either. I have no legal play. That is a paradox. It ends the round immediately, and it's bad for me because now I lose victory points for those things that I've done, right? So you play rounds equal to the number of players. So we played three rounds in this game, and then you total up points over those three rounds. Whatever has the most is the winner. So things I liked about Cat in the Box. This was a really interesting and unique experience in a... Are you fucking kidding me? I wrote what? that down too. I literally I wrote say unique and very interesting and unique. Marius again. <laughs> oh my god, babe. Marius. Listen, babe. Babe, it sounds, babe like, it sounds like though. It sounds like she's angry with me about it. Yeah. Not not a, not like just well, she's like, more just like here we go. Us here we being go the same again. again. Oh, us being the same and just like destined in the stars that I would just marry you and when I stop best couple in the whole fucking world. If you're listening for the first time, Jeff married us. <laughs> it's true. We are the three of us are married. It's, no, it was wonderful. Jeff, actually, Jeff married both of yeah, us. Yeah, Jeff married both of us. We live in Utah. So basically, <laughs> we just alienated the Utah. That's the sorry. Utahans. Utes. Yeah, they all always right. marry. Everybody's married. No, so this was a very interesting and unique experience. Uh, it's hard to stand out in trick taking games because I mean, they're very similar, right? You yeah. like I said, you play a card of a suit, the higher one wins, and you keep going, right? Yep. Uh, so how do you? stand out in the trick-taking space. I can see it's an interesting puzzle for some publishers to tackle because a lot of people still make trick-taking games. Yeah. And this one does it very interestingly where there's all the suits are taken out of it and you determine what color the card is when you play it. That is really interesting. And it creates some very cool experiences where at the beginning of the game, you're like, oh man, I got these sixes and these fives. I can win anything. But then other players start playing sixes and fives and then all of a sudden you play an offsuit to win a different trick and then now you can't play this color and you're like... <gasps> I have two sixes, yeah, but the only six that I can yeah. play left is in green, and I can't play green. Yep. And now you're like, shit! And yeah. that's interesting, and you don't realize that when you first start the game. And so stuff like that starts to happen as the game goes on, and it creates these really like tense and frightening moments <laughs> of like, because <gasps> there's always one card that you're going to be left with at the end of the round. And so you're not going to play all your cards. And so you're hoping amongst all hope 
that you can keep that six in your hand and not have to, you know, not have to be in a situation where you're going to play it, which you can't play. And so then Mm -hmm. it causes a paradox. And that paradox is terrifying because instead of gaining points, you lose them. And it's just a really interesting experience. And I, I'm glad that we played this because it's nothing I've played before. It felt like no other trick-taking game I've ever played. And that was a a high mark in its favor, I thought. The components in this version, this is the deluxe version. I don't know. This was the only one that I saw when I pre-ordered was deluxe version. I don't know if there's a retail edition. Um, The components are very, very good. The the board in the middle and your player board are dual-layered, which you should always probably try to get those if you could. Probably the dual-layered player boards, which you should always try to get if you could. And I would say the the tokens are like plastic. Like nice hard plastic. Well, they're probably just cardboard tokens is my guess. That's my guess. And so the production is really nice. It's really, really well done. Um... That's probably I'm trying to think of anything else I like super loved about it. I think the 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 pacing was pretty quick. I mean, we played three rounds. It doesn't it's pretty fast. I yeah, mean, you have cool. 10 cards, you discard one at the beginning, I don't know why, but you do. And then <laughs> you have one left over. So you're only playing eight tricks at most. You know, if a paradox happens, the round ends even earlier. Mm-hmm. And so it's over quickly, which is cool. I like that about it. Things I didn't like. This rule book is dreadful it's bad it is dreadful there's components that come in the game that aren't mentioned at all in the rule book there's five cards in the box that i have no fucking clue what they are i just don't even know what you do and then there's one part in the game at the end of the rule book it talks about when you clear the board at the end of the round but it says you don't clear it until after the second round which is impossible can't happen Mm -hmm. cannot it's wrong it's a typo obviously now this is this was created by a japanese publishing company so i'm guessing this was just the translated rules although it's bezier so you'd think that they would have done a better job in the translation can figure this out we we live in a world where you can figure this stuff out you should know if you're 100 years ago if you're printing the game in english you should play the game so you you could know that this rule is fucking wrong and 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 bezier i I think my bezier bezier whatever he's they're at fault for this for not like yeah catch you're a big enough company where you sh- that should have been caught in so many different... And there's not just like one thing. No, it's there's not like just a like, few different... It's not like you used weird. the wrong mm-hmm. two. There was right? like a 20-minute conversation before we played this game like, to figure what? out... Yeah, how do we start? How what cards do we use? set it up correctly for a three-player game. It didn't even tell you yeah. what cards yeah. to use. There's a little table that you have to look at, and then you're like, what does that even mean? Oh, I it's guess... Poorly, oh, it's poorly you figure it out after a while, but yeah, it's very poorly done. I could see how you could play this game, which is a... Incredible, an incredibly simple game. I could see how you could play it very wrong. Yeah, if you just by reading the rule book, the rule book is absolutely abysmal. There was also a situation that happened that I don't know. I mean, we didn't, we didn't. Admittedly, we played this one time. Okay, so right. this is more of a first impressions True. review. But there's a situation that happened in our game where, I mean, I won by <laughs> twenty points. No, I won by twenty points. No, no. I, I, what did I mean, you get? I got like 18, but like, didn't oh. you get like I got zero one in, or negative Jeff, two? I got one and Jeff got two. Right. And you got 18. So, okay. Now, <laughs> now that's not, that's not, whatever. That's fine. Some games you're going to win by a mm-hmm. lot of points, right? The thing that was a bummer was that was prevalent after the second round was over. You play three rounds on three player game. There was, we kind of mathed it out. It was like, there's no way. There was zero scenarios in which we could have won. Yeah. There was right. like no way for them to come there back. It wasn't even the perfect hand. We're like, are right, we can do this? Mm-hmm. Or like yeah. Nally and I could team up to somehow. No, <laughs> right. We right. Lost. So it felt like either I got extraordinarily lucky and they got extraordinarily unlucky, 
or the bad luck just never happened to me and it only happened to them too, or we got a rule wrong somehow. I don't know that we did. I don't feel like we did, but the, we did. it was like one of those three things was weird, but it was a weird and I can imagine annoying situation where it's like, okay, well, we played two rounds. What's We're going to play the third round for the game, but why? He right. won. It's over. What's the point yeah. of this? And that is a bummer. Um, overall, I thought this game was good. I really enjoyed it. I'm reluctant to. I'm reluctant to say anything either way. I'm reluctant to recommend it based on that score. That scoring thing is honestly the only reason I would I would hold off my recommendation. The rule book, whatever you can figure out, you can eventually figure out how to play it, mm-hmm. and the game is 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 really cool. Right. Other than the rule book, uh, but that scoring situation, if that happens often, I I would it would stop me from wanting to play it ever again. If I was the person on the receiving on the other end of that, that was just like, what the fuck is the point of this? I'm just you're I'm getting eight points and you're losing four. So now I'm up on you by 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and getting and 12 points. Is that's like, okay, that's just right. fine. Like you're, you're not going to get 12 points like in one I round. I scored seven points in the first round. Natalie scored negative four. Yeah. Right? And Jeff scored two. We almost lost just in the first round. Yeah. yeah. There was no way that you were going to come back to win. So it was just no. kind of a bummer. Yeah. But now, okay. But, but also... That, that was, was one our play. one play. Mm-hmm. That could have been the outlier situation that does not yes. happen very often. Right. It's hard ever. to say so, after one play right. how the, it's the general game's going to Exactly. Be the mechanisms, the idea, and everything else about the game, I loved it. I thought it was very cool. What do you think, Natalie? Um, I'm not sure yet. I feel like I can't really say, like you I said, agree. after one play. Um, I definitely thought that the concept was unique and interesting. <laughs> Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? I mean, I like trick-taking games, so that has it has that going for it. I think that it definitely has something different about it. Um, it was it was hard. It was hard to figure out what to do. Like it was hard to figure out what card to discard in the beginning. It was hard to figure out even like what to play each time cuz like you said if you play off suit then you just kind of are out that color for the round. So you kind of don't want to do that early on, but maybe like when yeah, numbers start getting up. filled up and there's not a lot of options anyways, then that's when you choose to do that. Nice. Sometimes um it's also hard when, like, I don't know what's in your guys' hands. And so, like, let's say, like, I only have one three left and there's one three spot. You know, like, if somebody else takes right, somebody that, else I'm screwed. Yeah. So I, maybe I should try to take, just play that three. Yes. But at the same time, you're also trying to win the certain amount of tricks that you thought that you could win. And, you know, it's really, it's really tricky. Um, tricky taking but i mean <laughs> i would like to pl- I'd, so I'd like, i would like to see how it goes go like i would like to play it a few more times before yeah you know i can make any comments about that scoring issue right i um, agree i mean for me personally the first round i had negative four the second round i had zero points and then the third round i got I must have got five points because I ended up with a score of one, you know, but like, I don't know what's going to be typical for me or that game. Um, Did you have fun playing the game? Yeah, I think I had fun. I liked it. I thought it was like you. I thought it was good. Yeah. As a first impression. Right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Jeff, what do you think? I thought this game was unique and interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You. Oh, my God. Does anyone want to marry me? (laughs) Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, everybody said kind of everything that I that I had. Like mm-hmm. the point discrepancy, will have more plays with. 
Um, it was just there was a lot of cool moments when you're playing and you're like you have a, you have a six you have a two six you're like I had sixes for days right I'm like okay this six can be any of these colors <laughs> yeah because really like the every card you have in that moment is all the colors right right yeah until someone puts it down they're like okay well now my six can only be yellow and red right oh That's now the it can Schrodinger's only be cat now it can part. only be yellow mm-hmm. now it's nothing now my mm-hmm. six is worthless right so those like Natalie said those moments of when to play something. Even you're throwing off essentially in games because there's in every trick taking game, there's this 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 play of I'm going to throw off whether you don't want to win or I, I don't want this trick. I don't want to lead. Right. Those 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 are always common in trick taking games. This throwing off is I'm going to throw off. So my token is in the right spot on the board. And because I need to play this card because it's the only three that's left to play or it's the only four that's left to play. So that was a cool um, I'm not even sure. It's not a mechanism. It's it's a cool thought, like process of like you're throwing off is going to be in order to do that instead of just I don't want to win the trick or I need to yeah. get rid of this card. Mm-hmm. This is to to help yourself on this kind of board that you're placing these plastic things on. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to play this again to try it again. Maybe even with just I don't know. Let's play five, four, five, six. I think five. It plays. Um, yeah. Uh, let me. It's, I think it's five. I'm pretty yep, sure it's five. five. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, either way, it's so I'm excited to play it again. The first impression were good, and I like that it was something different, unique, um, <laughs> interesting. You know, just it makes you want to play it because it's different. <laughs> yeah, there are again so many trick taking games, um, that that you can just pick over and over again. This at least has something unique about yeah, it. Totally, it that out. I would say I want to play this again. Yeah. Yes, so, I agree. Cat in the box. Cat in the box. Cat in the box. <laughs> cat in the box. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what you got, man? Oh, yeah, I played another game right before the show. <laughs> we it's did. called the Blue Orange Corner, okay? <laughs> Blue Orange I want to talk about a game that I brought over that got Natalie real fucking excited. Blue Orange Corner. Um, oh I <laughs> took this game out of my own just like little travel bag that I have, and I said, hey, I brought over a bag of chips. And Natalie's eyes. Oh my God! She well, he like at threw that, it like, on the table up. after he I can't said wait that. to eat these. Like a literal like, like bag like, of chips. Like I brought food. Like I brought food. Like combos. Like there was just her favorite fucking thing. Her favorite thing in the world. Bag. She was like, okay, "Holy shit!" I'm bag sorry, of chips. but if someone I says I brought you. a bag of chips and then throws a bag of on purpose, that was looking like a bag of chips on the table. You're gonna be like, "Ooh, yummy!" Pumped and then so fucking disappointed. So we didn't play a bag of chips. But I do want to talk about it because I have played it a couple times and. So this game is called Bag of Chips, and for some reason, this game, as well as a game right. called Nacho, Nacho Pile, Pile, have right, come out weird. in a literal like plastic Ziploc bag. How did how did Bag of Chips not come out five years ago? I have no and idea. And Nacho Pile is, comes out this right. year. Right. The same. It's like, so, um, what's yeah, that? It's, Slugworth. <laughs> Slugworth? Someone's Slugworth. like, you know, like from Willy Wonka, oh. like someone's spying on oh, the, okay. whoever had Got the idea it. first yeah, and sorry, tried to make it. Yeah. yeah. I think Bag of Chips came out slightly before, but I can't. I think you're right. I can't. I'm not going to get into the slugworthness of this. Um, so, yeah, this game is in like a plastic Ziploc bag. It's a harder Ziploc, and you can, you know, literally zip it to close it. But um, so this is a pressure lock game. It's very silly. I'm going to talk about it just very quickly. You get six um, objective cards to start this game. Okay. And on these objective cards, basically says what you think is going to get pulled out of this bag of chips, which are. <laughs> bag of chips which are chips chips they're yeah. like you know they're like cardboard chips. chips they look like chips okay so like one card might chips? say there's gonna be more red than blue and it gives you if that happens you get 
47 points. <laughs> and then it literally says it's like ridiculous amount of points. Okay. What? There's so like hilarious. if at least three greens get pulled, you get 81 points. Okay. So okay. you do that. If the last chip is yellow, you get 200 points. It's oh like fucking God. weird. There's a weird amount of points. Okay. So you get six cards to start with. And in the first round, you draw a certain amount of chips out of the bag. You put them in there. Everybody looks and says, all right, there's a couple yellow, a couple purple, a couple whatever. And then you discard one of your objective cards. Okay. And then. At the end of the second round, you discard another objective card. And in the third round, you discard another objective card, and you're left with three at the end of the third round, going into the last round, and you take two objective cards, and you put them on the right side, which means that those are going to be positive points, and you put the other one on the left side, which would be negative points. Okay. So if your right side cards get accomplished, you get positive points. If your left card doesn't get accomplished, negative. you get nothing. Oh. If it gets accomplished, negative. you get negative. Oh, jeez. Oh, so, cool. And then at the end of it, you just look at how many points you have. So you want to try to keep one that you're not going to accomplish. Yes. And then all of a sudden, if it happens at the last pull or the last two chips somehow makes that happen, oh, then no. you, lose, you could lose then 81 points yeah, or 96 <laughs> points or 14. That's so uh, funny Or and there's weird. one that just like you win. You win the round <laughs> because there's like only one or two chips that are this color. And if it's like if these two chips come out more than the one that's the most popular, you automatically win or something. So that's, it's really silly. Really funny. You try to win essentially like two rounds like uh, but you can just play and stop kind of thing if you want to. It is a, a goofy, silly kind of pressure luck game that I yeah. think my students will get a kick out of. Oh, yeah. You're not going to play this game and be like, this is the, this is the best game I've ever played a bag of chips. Um, it's just like a fun. But it is a goofy little yeah. filler that. um you just kind of go like, well, how how did I get seventy one random points for no you know for <laughs> that's no so reason? Funny. I like that. I know. Really I like that the points are just ridiculous. They're like ridiculous, and I'm sure they're scaled. Like, but it could have just been ten or four or three. But it's like these kind of silly, ridiculous <laughs> right. numbers. And so yeah, that's bag of chips silliness. But we played another blue orange game um, right before the show called Next Station London. Oh my gosh, was I excited about this? Which one. yeah, Ryan was. Very pumped. I played this game on stream with uh, Joe Jitsu for his. Um, it was like extra life charity, extra, extra life. life charity stuff. Because a couple weekends ago was board gaming weekend or something. Last yeah. weekend oh, okay. was board gaming tabletop tabletop day or something. Or something. Yeah. Okay. So we streamed a handful of games on his Twitch account, and one of them was Next Station London. And Ryan was on the stream having a floner and was like i need to play I this right one now <laughs> Give it so i was like i'll bring it over booyah it comes in an awesome booyah. little box with a little magnetic oh, thing i, I love, love those, those boxes i know those boxes are yeah. so sweet it's so cool so this is a flip and write game which also anytime you say anything and write ryan gets a little floner yep little so one. flip and write you are redesigning the london underground subway system Ooh, that's what you're doing okay you are in charge of it natalie you okay the paper that you get <laughs> is full of shapes representing different stations and possible lines, which are like these faint dotted lines that you c could use to connect these stations together. Make sense? Who cares? There is the Thames <laughs> River that is going through it, which is spelt like Thames, but it's yeah. Thames. Yeah. Um, we, if you are at all familiar with the Detroit Tigers, we had someone on the team, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Timms, for a while. <laughs> and I'm each not person... Well, <laughs> write that. it down. Now you know. No, write it down. We're going to quiz you on, on down. Detroit Tigers yeah. knowledge Marcus yeah, history. Tames. Marcus Timms. <laughs> Tim. Oh, Timms. Like Tim Bits? Yeah. Yeah, the Timms River. The That's Thames what he calls River, his kids. The, the Thames <laughs> River. Um, each person starts with a colored pencil, pink, purple, green, or blue. This dictates which station you're going to start that round from. <laughs> you flip a card, and then you draw a line connecting that station to the shape that you just flipped over. And then you keep going. Okay? <laughs> yep. You can't cross lines. Ugh. You can't go over can't the same the lines. 
So this could get you in a little path where you're just kind of like, oh boy, I'm stuck because I can't cross lines and you just, you know, because subways, they would run into each other. Hello. They would, yeah. yeah. Um, you want to go through these different zones. The um, the path that you're taking is there's 13 different zones on the on the cars. So you want to go through different zones. You also want to have a ton of stations in the same zone because that'll get you points. You want to cross the Tim's, Thames, Thames River. Um, <laughs> and you want to achieve these goals that are common objectives in the game. You then, at the end of the round, which this is a unique cool part, you take your color pencil that you use and you pass it to the left. And now you have a new color pencil. And then you start the next round from that colored pencil station. And start like a new line. And you start a brand new line starting subway. from the green station or the pink station. Whatever you now have, the same deck of 11, 12 cards are shuffled up and you flip through them again. And that's how it goes. You get points each round. You get points for objectives. You get points for each station that has multiple colors connecting it. And um, we played with both little advanced setup rules. One was the um, goals that we had to achieve and got mm -hmm. points at the end of the game. Yep. And the other one was colored pencil powers. Each colored pencil <laughs> had a power attached to it. You so done with you CPP? Could, yeah, so you could draw an CPP. extra one. You could count as double points, blah, blah, blah. So each of that had that. And then we all total up our points, and Ryan wins because he <laughs> complained the first oh, two rounds. Of, I can't believe how bad God. I did this game. You guys are going to beat me in. Was all bad. Oh, I, I had 138 points, and I beat you. Ha, ha, ha. It's classic. You guys are gonna Ryan. crush me into the ground. This is I just probably terrible. said this on like I don't know. What do we have? Ninety-seven episodes. This is number ninety-seven. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah, I've uh, said this on like at least twenty to thirty of them. Yeah. 20 to 30. 20, yeah. Twenty to thirty. Where Ryan, he's always like, oh gosh, oh, I'm gonna brother. lose. You guys uh, crushed me. And then and then we we're like, I have one eighteen. I have one twenty. Oh, I oh, have 134. Right. Well, I guess, I guess. <laughs> I'm not defending Oops, I myself at all. Points. I'm not defending myself at all. However, if anyone's ever been in the situation that I was in when this happened, <laughs> you're fucked. What can you say when you're like, because, all right, I mean, I wasn't going overboard like, well, I wasn't like pouting. I wasn't like mad. Yeah. But I was just like, shit, I don't think I did very well. Like, I think you guys got me by a lot. And they were like, okay. And then he's like, I got 118. Just like, I got 120. And I was like, and then I in my head, I'm like, I have I have like 15 more points than yep. than that. Now what what can I say in this moment now? <laughs> now Joe what Madigan I do? does the same thing. Joe Madigan on he game does. night is a snake in the grass. Well, you guys are gonna win. You guys are yeah. gonna win. I won. <laughs> <laughs> it's yep. the worst feeling because yeah. I can't it's like I can't help yeah. it because I, I yeah. truly I know that you feel, believe I'm it. Like, I believe yeah. it. I'm but every Natalie's point is Natalie's time. point, she's what she's gonna say is just shut up. That's what yeah. Natalie's gonna and say. That's Natalie's gonna the say the hardest thing to do. Right. It's like I it's, feel like every single time he's like adamant that like I'm gonna win or we're gonna beat him, he always wins. He always wins. But Maybe anyway, here's a, what I uh, thought about Next Station London. I really like this one. <laughs> this is one of my um, favorite lighter weight in terms of rule set flipping rights that I've played more recently. Um, games like Three Sisters and I haven't played Raw and Right, but those type of games <laughs> I feel like are in a different category because they're heavier. This is lighter. The rules are easy. I taught this game to you in five minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. but the puzzle is good the puzzle of i can't cross the streams is good it's and really it's good. challenging it's and so good. i love the idea of the colored pencil it seems silly to like you just start at different stations like you could keep the same thing but the act of taking your colored pencil and your uh pencil power your colored pencil power and <laughs> passing <laughs> that with it is a cool activity to do while you are playing this game so it could just say, all right, now everyone starts at the triangle. Now you start at the circle. Now you do the different thing. But it also means that my board is never going to look the same as Natalie's board because she starts with a different color. And right, in a different our paths spot on are the in board. a different spot on yeah. the board, but we're going through the same shapes and the different paths. So yeah. I love that. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about it because I know you guys have some thoughts, but 
this is a winner in my opinion. And if you like lighter travel size flipping rights that have a cool puzzle, I would absolutely check out Next Station London by Blue Orange Games. Are we gonna go clockwise? Yep. All right. Yeah, we fucking are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We, about we that? always we do. Go. <laughs> All right. So um, there's a game that has similar kind of route building esque things in it called Metro X that we've yes. played. I thought you were gonna say that's what that kind of reminded me of. Just the just the look of it, right? You have yeah. these like lines yep. and lines yeah. intersecting lines kind of thing. Kind of and theme. we've been we've played that a bunch and we really like that game. And now Jeff just called um, this game Next Station London like a lighter kind of a game. And while I agree with him, I think that it's like lighter plus. It's like yeah. It's like Metro X is great but feels this feels like the next step up like if you really like metro x now play next station london because it gives you a a different kind of feel with the same kind of route crossing and building thing now you can't cross the streams now you have all these goals to look out for now you have four different colors you have to remember to account for while you're building and i didn't do that until the end and i i I almost screwed myself by not being able to build anything or draw anything and there's that extra dimension to this game that makes it go from just a light simple roll and write flip and write to a game that i felt the entire time was extremely challenging in the best way i was never ever certain about what what my line that i was drawing and i loved that about it jeff uh, flip jeff was like the card flipper over and so he flips (laughs) over the card and the first card that he was over flipping was a triangle (laughs) and so i'm the green player at first and i'm drawing a line from my starting position to a triangle and there's two different triangles to draw from and already off the at the beginning i'm like well, which one do well, I do? I'm fucked. Yeah. yeah. Like, which one am <laughs> I supposed to go for? Yeah. yeah not, what am I going to do? And immediately from the first turn, and it's that simple. It's just, there's a triangle. Go from shape go to from shape. Go from a shape to a, to a shape. But yep. there's four different shapes. Yep. Yeah. And then there's wilds and there's the And there's wilds and there's off. Yeah. But so like, yeah. you're like, okay, if I go to this triangle, what does that do to these routes later in the game? I don't know. And it's really like... It's really in, it's a really interesting decision point. Every single card flip, it's never sit like in Metro X, which I keep comparing it to. And it's not similar, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not, got it's got it a similar is, route thing. Yeah. But I, what I'm what I'm saying is weight wise, right? In Metro X, when a card come, when a card gets flipped up, you're like, uh, okay, I'm gonna just go here. It's, it's it's sometimes it's a very 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 simple decision. I felt like in this game, not no decision was simple. Yeah, it all felt extremely important, and it is because you only get at most ten cards to see, and at least five. You might only see five cards in a round, so it really every time like if if Jeff flips over the first three cards and they're all those pink cards, now you're yeah, like you're I might only get two more turns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I really got to make sure I'm doing the absolute best thing I can. You got to cross that Marcus Tim's River. Yep. You got over and over again. You got to yeah. like get to as many like grid spaces as you possibly can. You got to get as many circles in one grid space as you can to get that multiplier up. Mm-hmm. And then you really got it's it's like there's a lot of different things to keep in mind. And that's before you add in the CPPs. 
The color yeah, pencil powers. Color pencil powers. And the um the uh goals, objective the objective cards. Whatever, cards. Yeah. And I would never ever play without those. Agreed. If yeah. if you if you don't play with those, then yes, this game goes to, to a much lighter experience. But it doesn't add so much heftiness, I would imagine. It adds what I think it does is add interest to the game. These powers that you get on these colored pencil powers are so cool. All of them are great and they're all necessary. There's always like a okay, at least I have this. Yeah. You yeah, know, when do I want to use right. it? I don't want to use it too soon. I don't want to use it too soon. You know, right. But yeah. it's also like this fail safe in the back of your head where right. you're like, fuck Just these cars case. are fucking me, but this can help me yeah. a lot. And so if that was gone, that would be that would feel bad. It would start to creep up into that calico thing for me where it's like, okay, I can't do anything about mm-hmm. this card draw. And so I love that about the powers. I also love the objective cards because they just give you something to shoot for. And uh, you don't, when you get them, it doesn't prevent other players from getting them. Mm-hmm. Even the full points. You can all get the same points. Yeah. It's just like a goal to shoot for. And you want to try to make sure you do at least one or two of them if you see the other players doing one or two of them. And so it creates this other dimension of you know, uh, stuff to, to think about and focus on. All in this little tiny package that takes how long did this take us? Fifteen minutes? Twenty minutes? Yeah, it's something 20 like minutes, that. Twenty, 20 yeah, minutes or so. It's long. extreme. This is a great, great flip and write game. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I'll let Natalie say the rest of the thoughts that I haven't already said. She just shrugged her shoulders and gave this like I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was. I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I also really enjoyed this game. I love that the rules are super simple, but it has that like tricky gameplay. Like, do you go this way or that way? Which will have a bigger points payoff? The color pencils, just the fact that like it comes with four different color pencils and you draw the lines. Yeah, that's just cool. Yeah, because then it's like easily distinguishable between like which four lines that you have, and then there's so many. I mean, there's not like too many, like, but there's like enough different ways to score points that it gives you enough to think about when you're deciding which way to go. Cause you're like, well, do I go this way and then go for those big, bigger end game, like objective things. But what if I don't get it or do I go this way and make my multiplier bigger? And then I'll definitely, you know, like get those points or yes. do i go you know like so this all way interesting and, decisions you know like this only gives me this many points you know on those star circles but that gets me up higher so like later i could potentially get even more it's just like there's like it's so simple but there's also enough in there to make it like like tricky enough and interesting enough to want to like keep coming back well it's a combination it, of the grit that grid where you got to make sure you're getting all the things in the right way to score points and the timing. Yeah. And that's what makes it tense and engaging in something like Twilight Inscription that doesn't really <laughs> have that to me. And because I, 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 as I'm saying this about Twilight Inscription, I'm also kind of always trying to cement my own feelings. <laughs> it's hard yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to, to say why you don't like something. And this game, Next Station London, it's so good. It's oh, another so good. Funny thing about it too is like, like you have this like rectangularish entire board, right? And you you have these four different colors and like I feel like your instinct is to fill up the board. So like, you know, you have like your green in this one area of the board and the pink in another area. And now you're on purple and you're not you're trying to go in like 
the like unexplored area but at the same time you don't need to you know mm-hmm. it's also beneficial to go where you've already been because mm-hmm. it gives you points to go to the more of the same maybe. stations yeah. that you've already been harder. to before but you also have that like feeling that you want to like go where you haven't been and so it's just they nailed it <laughs> good game yeah Next station, like the London. Like the show, Blorge. Like the show. Before I play the standard commercial fare for the episode, I wanted to talk for a quick moment about the future of the Gateway Board Gaming Network, which was a passion project for me, and it's absolute abject failure. <laughs> I've talked for a year or two now about how I wanted to help everyone in the hobby grow and achieve the goals they wanted for themselves, and my idea for this was to start a network of like-minded people looking to help each other grow. The idea was that I shout you out, you shout me out, we all shout each other out, and pretty soon everyone knows about all of us and we each get a bunch of new followers, and it was definitely an experiment that I was excited about, as it seemed like something that could work. Right. The potential was huge and we had a lot of members join, but unfortunately it just didn't really go where I wanted it to. The growth never really also right. happened, yeah. right? People didn't shout out people like I hoped they would. Uh, admittedly, a lot of this is on me, as I got it all up and running and hoped it would sort of self-sustain, but that just did not happen, and so I was left with a choice. Either spend more time and energy and effort trying to corral everyone into doing what I think we all need to do to grow, or just let it go and stop being a nuisance to everyone for such little ROI. Well, as of this episode, I'm officially announcing the end of the Gateway Network. Dead. Dead. We're <laughs> just going to take it out back and shoot it in the face. I want to thank everyone who participated and actually shouted people out with some regularity. You know who you are. I wish you all yeah. the best of luck in your personal content growth. I also want to thank and shout out Kurt Erickson, the brainchild behind the website and yeah. all that went into putting that together. What a fantastic, helpful, and easy to work with dude Kurt is. Uh, thank you for all you've done there. Can I my send man. Kurt a game? Send Kurt a game. Kurt, if he you're listening, I'm not going to reach out to you. You reach out to me. You listen to the show. <laughs> Because he does, and then I will I will send you something. It, it might you might not like the game, but I'll send you something. You that, deserve it. You deserve it, my friend. I'm gonna leave the Redbubble account up, so for all members that yeah. will stay active. Any That's and all idea. profits will still go to you that are made. Yeah. That's it, it. Take it's like zero effort for me to maintain the Redbubble, right. so I'm gonna keep that going. Uh, thank you for everything, everybody who participated, and now the commercial break will be a tad shorter. If you're looking to support the show, maybe consider flushing your money down the Gamecaster's toilet by way of our Patreon page. There are four different tiers which will get you access to behind-the-scenes content, exclusive content, or content ahead of time. You will also get swag that nobody else has access to and just the opportunity to help out and support a podcast which you sometimes listen to. We have amazing patrons. Thank you so much for your support, guys. If you'd like to donate to help us pay for things like hosting fees and that blank that Jeff's had his eye on, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Gamecasters to help out. The Gamecasters Twitch account has relaunched and we're live every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday night streaming board game and video game content and having a blast talking to all of you. If you just simply can't get enough Gamecasters in your day, please consider heading on over to twitch.tv forward slash Gamecasters and give us a follow and maybe a sub. I have the best time streaming for everyone and it's just a super fun place to unwind after a long day and watch someone who is trash at games play games. Come hang out and engage with me in a way you never thought you had to before, but I'm sorry you do twitch.tv forward slash gamecasters possibly the best way to interact with all of us though is via our discord server if you go to the gamecasters instagram page you can check out our link tree in our bio to get access to our server it's a great way to engage with all three of us on a daily basis as well as meet a bunch of like-minded awesome people so check out our discord server 
Nerdfest is fast approaching. Oh. The mini convention we do every year is now moving to a hall in Wixom, Michigan for everyone to attend. The best part is admission is completely free. Just get yourselves here and find a hotel to stay in and save the dates of Friday, January 13th through Sunday, January 15th. We've got some great guests lined up like Matt Riddle and Ben Pinchback, designers of Three Sisters, as well as David McGregor, designer of Dinosaur Island, Rar and Wright. We're going to have events, tournaments, and just a great time gaming for the entire weekend with you all. So please set aside some time and join in on the fun for NerdFest 2023. Ryan will be there. Natalie will be there. Jeff will be there. Joe probably. My Donkey brother Kong Dave. Will be there. People with the last name Madigan will be there. It's French toast. <laughs> Sam is French yep. toast. The date night dicers. Uh, ben and M are going to be there. Ben and M. Woo. Other people. The Boy Scouts. Um, the Boy Scouts will be there serving hot dogs. There's a bunch of uh, neck bearded people in the basement that will probably come upstairs <laughs> probably on Saturday. Probably measles. Uh, you'll get the Mick measles. Party time. Party. Bring Party it. time. Bring some Party, games. dude. Why don't you step inside? Come on, it's warm in there. You think you found some grass, but nope, it's pubic hair. You wonder why there's so much underwear. You stepped inside of Natalie's Nook. Today on Natalie's Nook, I wanted to talk about cost of games. What makes the cost of a game worth it to you? If a game is $25 or less, I'm sure most people are willing to take the risk of not liking it without breaking the bank um, you know, wasting too much money. But if a game is like $100 plus, for instance, what would make it worth it to you to pay that much for the game? Or what would make it not worth it to spend that much? How do you decide the cost of a game is worth its price? And what are some of the things that you do or think about when you're making this decision? Are you more of like a buy and try? Or do you spend a lot of time looking into it before spending your hard-earned cash type person? That's what I want to talk about on today's Nook. I who's, love. Who's going to answer these questions? I love this topic. Who's I think this these? is a great well, let me tell you this. choice for the Nook today. I have a bunch of stuff that I wrote down. I got a little. I kind of have a good idea about what you guys would say. So who does we don't we don't need to talk. No, so she knows what we're no. Saying. So I also yeah. like asked a couple outside people <laughs> that I know kind like of people think, who live outdoors. You think the opposite of you. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit about their thoughts too so i have okay. i'm gonna like share some of their well, why don't you tell us what our thoughts are <laughs> <laughs> i already know what your thoughts are so i went yeah. to other people and so, this is gonna be so a, you guys can shut the fuck more interactive up for a little bit oh no, my god i'm gonna I eat the know. rest of this cheese I wanna yeah, know. Good idea. you want me to start i want to yeah. i want to say something about this cheese though, really quick <laughs> so i was sitting in the basement by myself natalie and ryan <laughs> went upstairs they both they both brought down cheese and crackers okay <laughs> on that separate plates same cheese same crackers <laughs> And it was to share with, with you. Yes, they both said, we'll bring it down. We'll put it in the, in the table. And then Jeff, you, you can eat like from your own plate. And then Jeff could get to pick from both of them. <laughs> Natalie puts the plate right in between us. There was a bunch of shit no, right No, 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 listen. Here. Wait, there was a bunch listen. of shit no. right here. Yes, there was. <laughs> Nothing. There was no Nothing room right ever there. Been here. There was. There was a bunch of shit right here. Natalie puts this plate right between the two of us. So Natalie and I are snacking <laughs> on the red bullshit. plate. So Natalie bring the red plate down. The, we're snacking on it. There's one cracker left. We're both debating whether who should eat it. Should we eat <laughs> no. to the middle, Lady in the Tramp style? Just took the Ryan's last Ryan's blue plate is an arm and a half lengths away well, from hold me. On. 
where I'm not going to reach over the entire game table to reach to Ryan. I originally put it in the Ryan's middle. Gets the, Ryan gets his home plate. He's the home plate by himself. <laughs> I put it in the middle of the table, and I was like, we're going to need the space there. And there was stuff right here that I could not put that. There was fucking stuff right here. God damn it. I remember I thinking, too, like, why did he put the plate all the way over I put the, the plate there because there was shit right here. And I tried to put it in the middle, but I was like, no, we're going to that spot. I was being polite. And I was in my head. In my head this is what I thought. I didn't do it. <laughs> Fuck me. But in my head, I was like, all right, if Jeff wants someone here, I'll just grab the plate and bring it over. <laughs> and then care. I was like, and then I was like, well, I guess he can just take from Natalie's plate for a while. And then all of a sudden, my plate was like, gone. Oh. <laughs> I don't care. I thought it was Suddenly, I don't know what happened. All the, anyway, the food was games. gone. Yeah, tell us everybody else's yeah. thoughts. Yeah. Um, tell us everybody else's thoughts. The outside people. <laughs> okay. No, I, tell me what you guys do first. Tell me. <laughs> you tell us what we want. What we think. You want to go first? I think this is a fantastic um, topic <laughs> because favorite. there is a lot of that's a big that's a huge deal when I'm going to buy a game. Like if we we just talked about the game Trailblazers that Jeff mentioned, I looked at the price point there and I was kind of like, huh, is there enough in this game? to warrant an $80 price tag for this deluxe version of Trailblaze. I don't know. I haven't played it, right? Yeah. But if I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, there's just some cards. The artwork is admittedly gorgeous. Yeah. Um, what is it that's making this game $80? And so right off the bat, I would probably be like, no, I don't I don't know that I would that I would pay for the deluxe version. You know, I might go right. for the I might just go for the travel size, which is like 35 bucks. Now mm-hmm. it's funny that I say that because I'll go out, we'll go out to dinner. And I'll spend eighty bucks. Yeah, and it's one no problem. P- it's like a, it's like a, you know, a, a big, yeah, it's like nothing. It's a one time thing. It's like a one time thing that you know, it's just you eat it once, it's gone, and it's not even that good, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yet I hem and I haw and I go back and I go forth yeah. about you know spending fifty bucks, you know, on a game because oh I don't know if it's gonna give me the right stuff. But there is a big th- like okay, let's look at a Vital Lacerda game for instance. Those games are very premium boutique. They cost you like one hundred and twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. When those suckers come out. But to me, those games are worth it. And it's funny because I don't play them that often. So you wouldn't think that it would be worth it. Yeah. But what makes it worth it for me are a couple different factors. One is how, what is the production quality? That's one of the bigger factors to me is what am I getting for what I'm paying for? And is it worth it to me to do that? Now, mm-hmm. if I look at a game like Trailblazers, it might not be worth it to me to spend 80 bucks to get just a bunch of cards that look really nice. But if I spend... $40 more, and I'm getting this giant box of the gallerist that has premium components that are all done by Eno Tool, and my God, they just look so great. Yeah. Then it starts to get worth it to me a little more. How's the artwork in the in the in the game? How's the production quality of the components? Mm-hmm. You know, a game like um Twilight Inscription has these boards that are beautiful, but they warped immediately. If I paid a bunch of money for this game, that would bum me the fuck out. And I'd be upset about that. So I want to know beforehand mm-hmm. what is what's in the game that you know is it quality enough to 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 be worth that price? Yeah, you know what I mean. So that's one thing that I think of when. Well, I just I think up. of just like the other day you were going back and forth about should I or shouldn't I back Dead Reckoning? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah did you do um, that? I don't know. I ended up not. Doing you end up not doing it, but like that, I feel like that's a perfect example. Like, what was your whole process? Because you seemed like very interested, and then you ended up at the end of the day deciding, no, it's not worth that. 
So let me compare. Let me compare Dead Reckoning to Too Many Bones. The game's nothing alike, but the production (laughs) quality I think is on is on par, and so the price point is similar to Too Many Bones. One of my favorite games of all time. Everybody knows that, and I have probably spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe a thousand dollars on on Too Many Bones at least over its life. Oh yeah, for sure. For for all of the Too Many Bones stuff, yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely. Too many a thousand dollars. That's too probably too many money from the original Too Many Bones to then Undertow to then the Forty Days in Daylor stuff to the Splice and Dice to then the new campaign plus the loot crate. Yeah, I'm sure I'm in over a thousand dollars. But if I look at something like that, but so I got Too Many Bones way long ago, just kind of like on a whim, right? And I bought it and I played it. I was like, this is incredible. And I knew right then that, okay, these neoprene mats, these dice, these chips, I'm going to buy every goddamn thing that this company puts out. I don't care how much it costs. It, the game is so fun. And the, these components that I could play in my bathtub <laughs> make it even more fun. Now, Dead Reckoning, I'm to understand, has a similar level of quality. It's like beautiful looking. And I've been hearing some really fantastic things about it from uh, Ben Kennard and a lot of different reviews that I've watched are like, this game is so much fun. And so to go, I was good, I was thinking about going all in, Jeff, on okay for like it was like three hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, and you get everything that was in the first campaign, plus everything that's in the expansion stuff that's released now, and it's not going to get here for a year, right? And so these are some factors of why I decided against it. One, it I didn't play it. First of all, I've only seen reviews and heard a couple word of mouth things. Okay. Two, I've seen a couple of other people's reviews. Like, I've seen a lot of good reviews. I've seen some other reviews that are like, you know what? This game's a little bit overwrought. There's a little too much stuff in it. It's going to be a little bit too much to set up and tear down, right? This is a John D. Clare um, card um, crafting, card crafting yeah. game. And so, inherent to these games is yeah. long teardown, right? Yep. That was a big deal to me. Um, and most importantly, maybe, was when I was going to get it. Yeah. I'd spend $350 now to get the game Which is a, a year from chunk now of money. or more. Would you spend $350 at the store? If it was there right now. You'd be more likely yeah, to do that. But much more likely. Obviously. If it was there today and I could go spend yeah. $350, I would much more likely have gone to get Because you get your it. payoff now, immediately. Now, if that was too many bones and it's like too many bones has this new new content, it's 350 bucks. It's not going to be here for a year. I'd fucking do it sight unseen because I've played it before. Mm-hmm. I know I love it. I know I'll back everything by it. Dead Reckoning yeah. was a brand new game. But like Jeff said, if it was at the store right now, I might have it. Mm-hmm. We might we might own it. Yeah, I've done a lot more of that where I know that a game online I would get in two days is $5 cheaper. But if I'm at my local game store, yeah, I can have it I'll right spend now. the five extra yeah, I can dollars. Have it I get it now. I can go home. I can open it. I like that. Yeah. Um, but there's also some people like doing the Kickstarter because you pay for it a year ago, and then all of a sudden it shows up and it feels like a free game. Yay, mm-hmm. Christmas time. Yeah, oh, this was pa- I passed Jeff paid for this shit. <laughs> right. Jeff just got it for free. How yep. cool is that? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what Ryan said. Like, you know, I look at components. There's also this this joke that we always have of like, oh, I didn't think for 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. There, there's there. a lot of great games that are absolutely worth $25, sure. are worth taking the flyer on of like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not buy Next Station London for probably 20 bucks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's there's this weird balance that I have too of, it is inherent that a lot of us are collectors of games. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I want to pay $120 for a Vitalis Serta game and I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to play it a lot. Some mm-hmm. people do. Yeah. They play it all the time. Good for you. Once I don't. a year. I don't play on Mars a whole bunch of times, but I want that game because of the production quality because of it. But I might spend 
$80 on a game that I'll play for the Trailblazer example. I bet if you bought Trailblazers, you're going to play that five to one playing on Mars. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. 100%. So you're getting so much more out of this $80 game, but you think about it and go, well, I'm not, it, the production quality is not there for the money, but you're going to play it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So this is a, there's a weird balance of, of me thinking through some of the stuff like, I'm going to play this game a lot. But I don't want to spend eighty dollars on it. Yeah, right. Like, why feeling. do I feel that way? Where I'm like, I'm gonna play this game all the time. Let me right. just, just fucking buy it. Because I feel like when you buy stuff, you don't usually factor in that. Usually, you factor in what's the quality of this thing I'm buying. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you buy like a PlayStation or whatever, you're not necessarily buying it and thinking like, I'm gonna play this fucking thing every day. You're you're like buying it or not spending the money. You're like, okay, this thing is worth a lot. This is a nice machine. You know, maybe that's not a good maybe that's not a great example, honestly, because you are playing it to buy a lot. But there's things that you buy that you're you're you get what you pay for. And so yeah. there's this little thing of like, okay, I'm spending all this money. I'm gonna get this really high quality thing. And so when you look at something that is literally just some cards that is reminiscent to this game Bandito that's probably 15 bucks, mm-hmm. and now they want me to pay 80 for it. It, it has this feeling, even though it's not true, because what Jeff said is more right about you're going to play it more, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. But you have this feeling of like, there's a grift going on here. I don't think somebody's trying to pull the wool over on me. I'm not a dumb yeah. consumer. I'm not spending $80 on some cars. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's more like, what is it worth to you? Yeah, but if you can tell yourself, like, I'm going to play this game a lot. Like, this is a game I'm gonna really going to be, li- I'm really going to like, so I'll pay 80 bucks. But yeah, it's it's weird. There's this weird feeling that you have. Two other things. Um, mentioning just, like, un- unproven designers, unproven publishers are also make me more hesitant. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan will back anything with chip theory on it. Just It's just going to happen now yep. that he has the floner for too many boners, and it's just... It's happening too all many the floaters. time. Yeah. Um, people do that with Mind Clash, right? Yeah. Septima or whatever that new one is, I backed yep. because of the name. Yeah. I, Mind Clash does some cool things with games that I want. Yeah, mm-hmm. the money doesn't so you matter. Just do it. If, you know, a lot of people are now backing these Steffenfeld games, these redone, the Queen games are pumping out all these new, um, these yeah. new Steffenfeld reprints, sort of. Mm-hmm. What do you value to a reprint? I already have Bruges. Do I need New York or whatever the hell the new print is? Do I need that? But some people do. Some people want it. Um, I also think that as collectors and in this hobby, people love the deal hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People will buy a game that they don't necessarily want because it's on sale. Because they got a good price. I got a oh, good they, price. They don't for take it. into account that you're still spending money. Yeah, you're still. But, but, ooh, <laughs> that but you don't was, really care. But I, but I got it for twenty bucks. Yeah, I got really the 50. deluxe edition for, for sixty, mm-hmm. and it's usually one hundred and ten. So that's that is just I think a normal thing that people do outside of the hobby. Also, yeah. you, you know, you go to Kohl's and you buy a bunch of shit at Kohl's and they circle that thing. You saved eighty dollars. You're like, like you feel you like a rock. I got a deal. Right, you yeah. get the deal and you want it. Yeah, and that that and they know happens that. in this yeah. hobby too. That deal is huge. One hundred percent. To get people to buy things, um, and if it's not on sale, people won't buy things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what. That's where I'm at. Let's hear what the yeah, outdoorsmen let's hear what think. The other people think. Um, so I have a lot of different stuff. Um, let's hear it. Do one you want thing... us to comment as you say things? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh so we're gonna get in trouble. We're allowed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing is, um, I and I think you guys do this too. Before you buy a game and decide if it's worth it to spend we your money on, is you do a lot of research and look at reviews to see if it's something that you think you'd even enjoy before just like blindly buying something. Yeah. If if I'm on the border, that's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Like 
Septima for me was an instant back before I even looked at some of the stuff about it. Right. But if I'm like, eh, like, like what Ryan did with Dead Reckoning. Right. I'm on you the border. Let me it. now go look into it a little more because it wasn't the instant chip theory back for him. Right. It wasn't the instant right. buy because it has Steffenfeld's name on it or it has someone's, U- Uwe Rosenberg's name on it. Right. Where yeah. you're just like, I'm buying this. Right. 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 John DeClaire is a, is a name. Yeah. Uh, and I love custom And this heroes. is his baby. This is yeah, like. Yeah, this is his thing. He does yeah. it well. But yeah, it was more like it was more like you said. It was like I don't necessarily have the trust that I'm going to get the return that I'm expecting. Are we going to play it ever? Mm-hmm. We're going to play it once, think it's cool, and then be like, God, I spent three hundred fifty bucks. Now we're going to sell it, and it's like, yeah. why did we just go through that exercise? Right. Um, does it come recommended from someone whose opinion you trust yes. or have similar gaming interests as you? Yeah, like roll so camera. that's like yes. a big thing. <laughs> yes, exactly. Seriously, I bought roll camera because yeah. Rado was like, "This is the best game of the year," and I was yeah. like, "Fuck yeah!" Rado we'll usually we'll likes trust similar people. games that mm-hmm. I like. Uh-huh. Right. Um, another big one I heard was how many players does it play? If you're mostly playing with two players and it only plays three plus or doesn't play well with two players, is it worth a higher price tag or even worth it at all? Sure. To spend the money on there is yep. an inherent feeling two player games should be cheaper. In my head, I think that sometimes yeah. because like two player only games, two player only yeah. games have less components. There's yeah. less stuff in that box. Yeah, for the most part, like of, Fields of Arl or something. Yeah, or yeah. like Twilight Struggle, right, right. or something. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. I agree. Or it's just even the fact like like if Ryan and I mostly just play with games with each other, and sometimes we play with other people. We're probably less likely to play a game that's not that great yeah, with two see, players. I agree with that, but that doesn't necessarily reflect price yeah that's true you know what i mean that's just more like am i gonna buy the game yeah or not? but if the game's more expensive you might be like well that's a knock against yeah that stuff you're right it. that stuff will factor in like, more than it would if the game was like jeff said 20 bucks we don't pay right anything. exactly um, yeah and then how often do you think it will get played so like the times played versus cost calculation that's what they said they'll sometimes be like, okay, am I going to play this game like 10 times and yeah. it's 100 bucks? It's $10 to play. That seems worth it. Or am I hardly ever going to play it? And like you said, it's 120 bucks. I play a Vitale Sayer game like once or twice. That's like, you know, 60 bucks a play. That like, is a is smart that way to do it. it. I never look at it in those mathy yeah. terms. I, but people it's do funny. that a lot. People it do it a lot. And I, it's yeah. very smart. I don't do that because I'm stupid, I guess. I, I The way I look at it more is like, how am I going to? Am I going to regret this? <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily like, am I going to play it enough to make that cost worth it? Because I spend money, you know, and I don't. A lot of times, like it's like Jeff said, when you spend money on a Kickstarter game, and then that's past Ryan spent that money. That money is considered yeah. to be gone. I don't factor do that yeah. money that I spent in two years later and be like, well, I played it eight times. I spent a hundred bucks. I haven't got my money's worth yet. I don't ever do that. I It's always a feeling of like, okay, I'm going to spend 120 bucks on Lisboa. Am I going to, am I going to be okay doing that and feel good about owning that? Mm-hmm. And I do right now, but I don't look at it like well, I've only played it once in the last two years, so I spent 120. I have to get yeah. rid of it now. It's that not a bad way to think about it because if I did, it's a I, smart way. There's a lot of games I shouldn't it. have in my collection if I was thinking. Yeah, that agreed. Way. It's a yeah. smart way to look at it. I, I just, I'm all based on feeling. Yeah, that's kind of what I said. Was I was like, I feel like you two kind of go more on like feeling and emotion, and then I do for other sure. people go more on like practicality yeah. and like, you know just like budgeting and money yeah that brings in the whole thing of like th- these exit games right that are 20 bucks mm-hmm. where some people don't want to spend 20 bucks on a game that you've only played once but 
you know, you go to the movies and it's twenty bucks. I always, yeah. I always think yeah, of that as like a date night. Like this is, this is, this is our one time twenty dollar experience. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having this, like technically one play of that game is worth twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, but also if I've you're playing played that on Mars game with five once. people, yeah. right now the one play of On Mars is worth hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Right now <laughs> yeah. I'm not technically getting my money out of that. I need to play that five more times to even get it down to. But do you think about it that way? No, but people yeah, do, do and, I, and I respect do. them for it mm-hmm. because they probably have more money than I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I mean. They're smarter, yeah. but I don't look at it that, that way. Yeah. And I'm happy that I don't look at it that yeah. way because I would drive yeah. myself crazy right. just being like, "Oh, this wasted money over here." Yeah. You know, it doesn't. It doesn't do that. Another big thing is like how long. How long is the game? It's also something yes, you consider. Good call. Because like if it's a shorter game, you might bring that to the table more often. This is the foundations gets... of Rome conversation. Yeah, foundations of Rome, two hundred and fifty dollars. For a game that takes twenty minutes to play, you know mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a thing I think about a lot when I mm-hmm. when I'm factoring in how much to pay yeah. for a game. Like, okay, this game is ninety dollars. Right. What does this game take? Five ten minutes? Like, what? Why is it? Why am I paying this much money? Yeah. That for some reason triggers me more than how many times do I play it? Okay. It's more like what am I? What it like? Okay, on Mars, hundred and fifty bucks. Jeff's played it one time. But when you played on Mars, it was this big, epic experience. Right. And you're like, man, that was great. Well, I just yeah. got this meal, this fan, this huge meal that, yeah, I only ate once, right? You go to Morimoto's in Philadelphia and you pay $150 for that fucking meal that you only have one time. You're not, go- you're not going back there again. You paid mm-hmm. for that meal. But it's meal, an experience you, that you don't forget. It and, was worth it. Yeah. <laughs> on Mars, to me, I play on Mars once. I'm like, this is worth that big price tag. Yeah. If I pay $250 and I pay Foundations of Rome and it's 20 minutes long and I'm like... Okay, I better play this 50 more yeah. times yeah. to make well, it. Well, I also see it from a different perspective. Like, you know, you're looking at this game and it's kind of more expensive, but let's say it takes 45 minutes. And I'm like, okay, that's going to probably, if that ends up being a game we like, we're going to play that a bunch. But if there's a game that's three hours long, even though we like it, that's hardly ever going to get played, you know, based on the time yeah. it takes. Yeah. Um, another factor is will your gaming group or spouse like this game? Um, that's a good point. Again, I feel like that's just a buy it or not. That's not necessarily a price yeah, tag thing. I'm not going to buy a game at all if I don't no, feel like you're going to like it. But, but I sometimes have. you do. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you do. There's a I lot have. of times where you're like, I bought this game. It's not really your kind of game, but I'm hoping maybe you'll like it. And well, Wonderland's I, War is like that, and I spent a shit ton on that. I'm just that, luckily, that one all. worked out. I'm just stupid. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a stupid, good one. stupid If man. Devin has like any interest in a game, I would usually buy it. Yeah. 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 Hey, look at this. Oh, yeah, like, I already bought it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This looks... It'll be here, yep, it'll be yeah, here tomorrow. tomorrow. I got it. It'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. um, there's also like the factor of, does it have like a normal version versus a deluxe version? Maybe somebody would pay a lower price tag for the regular version to see if they even like the game. And then a lot of times, if, oh, if there's an option for you... Yeah. To like buy the upgraded components after you know you already like it. See, that's you know, another then... fucking thing smart people do that I don't do that. To me, if there's <laughs> a deluxe like version, well, if there's a deluxe version of a game, if I anything. want a game and there's a deluxe version and I don't get it, I'm just like tweaking. Like, why didn't I? Just, I just should just got the why didn't I just get the deluxe version? Yeah. I, I have to get the deluxe version. Yeah. Again, I'm stupid, but that would that's a smart people thing. That's a smart people answer to for a for a stupid person. I because you're right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Like Trailblazers again. We're gonna go back to Trailblazers. There's three different versions of that. You don't have to get the deluxe version for eighty dollars. You can get the travel size version, which gives you the game in a travel bag, which got a cool little carabiner. Yeah, it's cute, and it's got this little like cool shape to it. Um, and it's only like thirty bucks. 
But if it was me, if I'm back in that game, I'm getting the deluxe version. Yeah. I, just, I just am. And so <laughs> yeah. I, I will stay away from it, likely, because it's too much for me. Mm-hmm. More recently, I've tried time. to talk myself into not doing some of the upgrades. Yeah. Because I think about it. Am, Until is, you is know it, you Is the like upgrades it. going to change my experience of the game? Like with um, Carnegie, I didn't get the... The cubes, the the golden cubes. Mm-hmm. Those that's that the, did not. Those are the least. Yeah. I, I didn't play that upgrade. game and go. I need those. No. no, that would have enhanced my experience of the game. But a lot of times, like metal coins, I'm like, yeah, I want. That's I like yeah. my finger pads <laughs> like that. Fuck yeah, they do. So I do. I'm starting to try to be a little more picky with some of the Kickstarter upgrades, yeah. especially Good. because prices You're of growing. things have gone up. Why well, I haven't substantially. Yeah, they sure. have true. Um, You're a stronger man than I. Another thing to think about is (laughs) what is the resale value? If it's like a hot game and you end up not liking it, then at least you can get the most. Yeah, that's a good point. Get most of your money back by selling it to someone you know or online. But like, you know, if it's like an older game and then you like spend a bunch of money on it and then like no one really wants it. That's a great point for me. Yeah, Yeah, that's for you. Because I move stuff all the time. Yeah, I never think about. There's a lot of like just weigh that risk. Well, so it's more worth it to me to spend money on a hot game. For sure, that if I don't like it, I can turn around and get most of my money back on it. Because the secondary right. market for board games is really good. Mm-hmm. People will people will spend even in, even now in this economy, people will spend more uh, in the secondary market. That not they're not going to spend necessarily the brand new. But I've sold a lot of games, you know, for at or near MSRP. Yeah, you know what I mean in mm-hmm. the secondary market. Just because you know if it's hot and you can't really get it right now, even if it's like coming out in a month or two, people will still pay to have it now. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good point. Um, it also depends on, I mean, this is a big one. It also depends on how much disposable income you have to spend on games and how much you're into this hobby. Like if games is your number one hobby, you'll likely prioritize spending money on games over like no- other non-essential things. But if you don't have the means to buy new games all the time, then you're more likely going to be like researching more Thank before you. buying or trying to find sales or previously owned copies at lower prices. So like, you know, this is a pretty important hobby for you guys. I'm like, we have a podcast. We do a lot. You're fine. And there's losers. a lot riding yeah. on like us playing <laughs> games. Dreams. And we happen to have enough money to be able to, to buy new games all the time. Um, but that's not the case for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that could be a huge factor. Yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have the ability to take my extra money and buy pieces of cardboard. <laughs> right. And that's, you know. I'm thankful for that, but that—that yeah. that is my main hobby. I don't, I don't do, you know. Maybe Ryan buys a kite or an underwater scooter or something, oh, that, or a grill, or um, grill. Like there's that kind of stuff where <laughs> you know, the scooter. I, I buy other things in my yeah. life, but you know, I I can say, all right, this is I want to spend. I never go to the store, and a lot of times regret that I bought a game. Right. Like that doesn't happen because that's I have in my head. Hey, I can I can spend this money. I've yeah. done I've done my work. This is my hobby. This is what I want mm-hmm. for I sure. That, yeah. yeah, it's like the one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and heroin. Um, sometimes, mm-hmm. sometimes, um, <laughs> if a friend owns a game and then someone might pass on buying it, thinking they don't have to spend the money and they can borrow it from their friend if they want to play it. Yeah, or so try it out before they buy Depending it. Depending on the group thing. that you're in, like a game group, like yeah. uh, like when I was part of the Monday game group with Jeff and Bill and all them, and I think you guys still do this to some degree now. You know, unless yeah. you're Joe, who buys everything, but you're <laughs> you you try to not buy the same games. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a very good way to deal with 
price values of some of these things. If there's a game you're interested in and someone else is also really interested in it, maybe let them buy it. Mm-hmm. And then you can get a chance to play it when it's their night to pick games. Right. Yeah, and it just it becomes you can have a, you can have twice the amount of games. If I don't buy the same games, I now have $50 to buy something else right. that we don't that have. you don't have. And yeah, so can... there's a lot of games, like smaller games, that I'll just buy again. I'll buy anything for $20. Right, cool. and, well, plus, if you're going to play with other people, right. you don't want to not um, have it. But yeah. I don't need, like, Istanbul is, is a, a wonderful game that I love that I don't own. And I don't need to own it because I'm going to play it with Bill and that game group. And I'm not going to play it necessarily with Devin. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to own that game. Right. But yeah, there are games that I just will pass on. Or um, me and my two brothers who have a good collection between the three of us have, we'll go to Gen Con and I don't need to buy some of the games that they already are going to buy. Yeah. Right. So like I wanted Acropolis. Because they're who they already have play it. the game with anyway. Cool. All good. Yeah. Yep, I'm going to play it at exactly. some point. Um, and then the last one I have is another factor could be uniqueness of the game. Is this similar to a game you already have and love? If so, it might not hold up to the original or it mm-hmm. might not get played as much. But if it creates more variety in mm-hmm. your like collection and it's different than other like go-to games, then maybe it's worth the cost and the space that it takes That's another up. good one. Yeah. That's another good one. I like that. Yeah, the Jones theory, basically, which says you know you only need one of a certain type of mechanic. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't ascribe to the Jones theory necessarily, but can you imagine just having one worker placement game? Yeah, but again, <laughs> these people are people who play the same well, game over, do over and they do it. And it's cool. Some Good people for them. do that. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's a, a reason why you would or yeah. would not spend money. So yeah, it's just I, interesting I to think about topic. that there's like so many different factors. There's so many different situations that people may be in that go into like the decision making when... They buy the game. And did we miss game. anything about did we? cost of games? If we did, I, we would love to hear about it in the Discord. If you uh, would just tell us your reasons for why you spend money on a game. If you're uh, Chris Prime, you just have all the money and spend all the money every <laughs> yeah, day. You have all the shelves. Yeah. And, the money and so and we're not necessarily. Yeah, you just so, show up to his door every day with. I would like game. to hear, yeah, from someone like Chris and maybe someone from the other end of the spectrum who only gets to buy a few games a year or something mm-hmm. like that. What goes into, like, what you know, makes the cut? Yeah, what makes the cut? You. Right. Yeah, that'd be something really interesting to hear about. So that'd be great Good to stuff. go into the Gamecasters Discord. This is again why talk about that. Natalie's a favorite. Natalie's <laughs> the funny one. Natalie. She's got a warm nook. Or there's pubic oh area. We get it. There is all over the place. Natalie, can you hand that or that pile to Jeff there? Oh, great. So. We're going to play a new game a this episode. Game. A nude one. You have oh, to be boy. naked. Have you guys ever played the game Mad Gab? Uh, yeah. Mad Gab? That's the game so. where you really have to pay shit, attention to what you okay, hear, yeah. not what you see. An example is like, Mar thus do hurt. And so that is Martha Stewart. So fucking oh. Right? But game. the words are Mar when I was a thus child, do and I was hurt. Like, I don't ever want to play this again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a great thing to say before this exciting bullshit. game that no, I'm excited feel, to play. Yeah. I feel so dumb yeah, over this, and over yeah, again. It can make this you feel dumb. I'm right, hoping I'm that ready. because it has because these are so these are all board games that okay. you all know and love. Well, yeah, you should all know and love these. Um, no. You're gonna try and get each other to guess based on these twenty. So you each have ten. So we're not gonna even do like no one's gonna win. No one's Score. gonna lose. You're just gonna try. It's kind of like when we did speak out. When we did speak out, yeah. so like, you're gonna try to There's get Jeff to okay. guess. Ryan, do you have any- these games? Oh. <laughs> it's funny because okay. as you were saying, like the place where I was eating the last piece. Yeah, of I know. That's that's what made me. Go. Well, I'm, I'm saying it now. It's happening. <laughs> I was even. I even brought the plate over and I ate both pieces yeah. anyway. <laughs> There's two pieces left. There's one cracker that Natalie and I've been staring at 
for hours and two pieces of cheese. And Ryan goes, I'm going to eat these cheese. Ba, ba, da, ba, boop, but I was like talking about like, here you go. Here's some cheese, man. Yeah. I just fucking ate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So we're going to go back and forth and see if you can get, we can guess all these games. We're going to have, uh, I was going to, I was going to put us on a time limit to do it, but I think it would be more fun to just try okay. to try to figure just it out. Try to mad gab it up. Yeah. Just try to mad gab it up. So Jeff, start uh, and pick up your first card and then read it the do way it is. Do you know the answer? I have all the answers. Okay, well, this this first word can be said two ways. Yes. Um, um, paper or eyeball? Paper. Tear Rick Otter Me. Tear Rick Otter Me. Terracotta Army? Mm-hmm. All right. Terracotta <laughs> Army. Very good, very good, very good. All right, Natalie, go ahead. I'm going to close my eyes. Yeah, close okay. your eyes. I'm closing my eyes. Arc Ideo Coo West. Arc Idea Coo West. Arc... Read fast now. Arc Idea Coo West. <laughs> uh, the arc, what's the Architects game called? <laughs> arc Idea to Arc Arc Idea Coo West. Arcadia Quest. Yes. Okay. Arcadia Quest. Very good. There you go. Like, Did you know, know it as no. you're saying it? No. Right. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck? Okay. What? Let no, me see. Let me see. Let me see. No. Okay. Okay. That that a fern sofa teeth in tall. That a fern's sofa teeth in doll. That, that a fern, sofa teeth in doll. That a fern, sofa teeth in doll. I got nothing. I try to say it as fast as I can. That a fern, sofa teeth in doll. That a fern, sofa teeth in doll. I have no fucking idea what, what that is. That a fern, sofa teeth in doll. Oh, I think I might have got teeth it. Teeth and tall. Teeth and tall. Yeah. What, what is that? Say it again, Jeff. That a fern's over teeth and tall. <laughs> Say it. <laughs> uh, well, it's hard for me not, not to say the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. That a fern. So for teeth and tall. <laughs> wow, I feel like I know so this. Teeth you should. You just said tall. it, basically. Teeth and tall. Yeah. Teeth, what am I saying? The doy dot the desk. Oh, yes, that's what I'm saying. Teeth and fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the, I just couldn't think of it. I, oh I my gosh. Okay, very good, very good. Planet unknown. That's <laughs> okay. Sulk in them, I in Kalindar. These aren't even words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sulk what? in them, I in Kalindar. Sulk in them, I in Kalindar. Say it fast. Sulk in them, I in. Sulk in them, I in Kalindar. Salk in them, I and Link. Ah, how do you say it fast? These aren't like things that make sense. Salk in them, I and Lindar. Salk in them, I. I wonder if people at home are like, it's this. I hope oh, are. I think I know it. Okay, Great. do it again. Salk in them, I. What? Yeah. I'm, well, again, it. I'm saying these things. I don't know what that is. Salk in them, I and Lindar. Salk in them, I. Them I and Kalindar. the Mayan can. Yeah! You're getting there eventually. This is great. Okay. All right. Next. Again, shown Uncle Lever. <laughs> Ganchon Clever. Yes! Oh. Boom! <laughs> Did you know it, Jeff? I say Le- no. <laughs> I don't know who Uncle Lever is. <laughs> Who's Uncle Lever? Oh, okay. Is it Lever or Lever? <laughs> Bat Else Targle Tactica. Oh, Bat Else Targle Tactica. Boom! <laughs> Did you know that, Natalie? Tie-o-t-wack-on. Tie-o-t-wack-on. Yes! You get to whack on yourself. Cartographers. Cartographers. It's like car toga furs. Yeah. Chasm. Chasm. Chasm, I can cow... Again, what's that one? Tear... 
or tear? Read the first way. I don't remember what I said tear. first. Chasm, I can cow tear. Chasm. Cosmic encounter? <laughs> yes. All right, good. Yes, yes, wow. yes. The Manhattan Project. Yeah, that's the Manhattan Project. You <laughs> said <laughs> okay. exactly right. Yep, yep. Dad off wind tear. Why do I have all the tear tears? Dead of winter. I wanted one of these. <laughs> tear and tear. Dead of winter. All right. <laughs> nice, nice. Do nimpy reum. Do nimpy. Do nimperium. Nice. Oh. Yes, you're I getting these. What was that first thing you said? Do nimpy. Do nimpy. Listen here, nimpy. <laughs> <laughs> and Roy. Danette yep. Ron R. And Roy Danette Ron R. Yep. Good. And Android Net Runner. Yeah, oh, very right. good. Good. Nice. Hand Sun Toot on Icker. <laughs> Hand Sun Toot on Icker. Hand Sun. Oh, I get it. I know. You? What? Hand Sun Toot on Icker. Hand Sun Tunicker. Hand Sun Tutonicker. Yeah, very okay. good. Very good. Guess it really well. You Mike Rome, Acro, Mike Rome, Acro, Mike Rome, Acro. Case and Thole Whirl. Case and Thole Whirl. Case and Thole Whirl. Thole Thole. Thole. Case and Thole Whirl. Case and Thole Whirl. Do you know what it is? No. Case and. I think only Jeff would know this one. I mean, I, I don't think you would. Case and Thole Whirl. Whirl, as in like whoopity doo, like yeah. whirlpool. Casein mm-hmm. the whirl. Casein the whirl. How about Casein Thole whirl? Casein. Casein Thole whirl. Thole whirl. <laughs> First math. <laughs> then. Bobbity boobity bibbity bobbity bibbity. Casein Thole whirl. Bill wins most Kaysen, of the time. Thole then. Casein. Casey Kasem. Casey Thor World. Kasem, Casey in the Thor World. That's it. You got Kaysen, it, right? That was it. Uh, Casey Kasem in the Thor Do you know what it is? Mm-mm. She, I don't think she was another one. Oh okay, gosh, let's, move, let's move on. Leave that one somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. Pools <laughs> are two went teat for teen een. Excuse me? Uh, you heard me. <laughs> Pools are two went teat for teen ween. Pools are two went teat fourteen. Oh, that last word is ein, like German. Oh, ein. Yeah. Oh, so th- now you'll Pools get it. are two went four. Well, I gotta go back. Too <laughs> many fucking words. Pools are two went teat fourteen ein. Yep, that's it. Perfect. It's perfect. What? Pools are two went teat fourteen ein. That's totally it. You're saying it exactly. Pools right. are two went teat fourteen ein. He's- Fourteen eyes. He's saying it exactly right. Nine? It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourteen. Do you know it, Jeff? No. <laughs> I'm just great. trying to read the words. Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. Yes. Yeah. Pulsar twenty eight forty nine. Very good. I knew there was some numbers in there. Um, undraw tersities. Underwater cities. Boom. Okay. <laughs> Two. A light sinscription. Twilight inscription. Nice. Yes. Very good. good That's Jeff's last one. All right, yeah. last Ma- one, Natalie. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. so you have one Kaysen. left. in Thole World. I do think this is probably the most challenging one because Natalie doesn't Thole know it. Okay. It's, it, was lucky that, it, was lax, it was lucky that oh. you got it to give to Jeff because I just randomized him. Case mm-hmm. in Thole World. Yep, you're saying it. Case in Thole World. I Kaysen got it. Case in Thole World. 
I don't know what I'm actually saying, but Instead I said it. saying Thul, what if I say, case in the whole world? The whole world. Got the whole... Hmm. Hmm. Case world. in the whole world. Uh, they sang it. I still know it. No, it, it's, it's tough. Well, do you want me to give it to you, or should we, should we no, wait? No, let's just give it to us. Yeah. What do you think? Chaos in the old world. Oh, shit. I know case that's a game. Case in the oh. old world. All right, yeah, I don't know if I would have got there. But I was saying it's it, a tough one. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It was, that was a tough one. You guys did great yeah. on those. <laughs> Good job, Nangi. Good job. So I was. Um, was that like hard to make? Yes. What did you put this? Yeah. Extremely. So there was this like. In uh, order to make this game, you need a laminator, thick paper, <laughs> scissors. Yeah, but what about, you, what about you, you didn't say scissors and a laminator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like this uh, square paper that came with a game. It was just like in the. It was in. Um, oh yeah, look. It feels like a box Army. insert. Yeah, it was in yeah. terracotta. So, for this episode's top five, we're going to do our top five games that play great at, like, a restaurant or outside or in some other non-conventional gaming space. Basically, yeah. five games that you do not, you're not going to play at a conventional gaming table. You don't need to, I should say. Okay. Got it. All right. Sound good to you? Yes, it does. All right. We're going to go me, Jeff, Natalie. Are you guys yes, ready Natalie. for this? Yep. Number five for me is a game called Hive. Yes. Hive cool. is my number five. It's got Bakelite tiles. You can play this sucker anywhere. Comes in a bag. Comes in a little bag. Yeah, it's perfect to travel around with. And uh, there's no board. You make, you know, the tiles or the board. And it's fun. It's a, it's a, it's best outside. Out of all these scenarios, you know, at a restaurant. What's good at a restaurant, too? At a restaurant, in the airport, whatever. Outside is the best place to play this one uh, because it's it's just going to hold up really well. It's something like wind. There's no cards and stuff. So that's my number five. Hive. Jeff, what about you? Number My five? number five is Regicide. Ooh, oh, baby. Fits in your pocket. Sure does. Can go places. Everywhere. <laughs> easy. You don't have to have anything to really play it on. It's like, you can fold down the little airport tray, yeah, tray table, table and thing. you just play right on there. Yeah. Simple. And it doesn't take up a ton of space either. It doesn't take up a ton of space. There's <laughs> nothing that, like, consistently has to stay somewhere or be moved around a lot. Regicide, yeah. my number cinco. That's a good one. Natalie, what about you? My number cinco you don't even need anything except your cell phone, which you already have because you bring it everywhere. And it's called <laughs> Space Team. Oh, Space good team. one. I Space thought Natalie's number five was going to be like Twister yeah. because it's on the floor yeah. and not the table. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> when she said number five is on a phone, I'm like, oh, this isn't a board game, is it? Yeah. What is this? Number five. It's an app. Good one. Yeah. yeah no, Solitaire. It also is a Space board Space Team game. is great. Yeah. I love spacing. Good one, good one, good one. Number four for me is a game that is best suited for something like the car or in between a game, and that is Dark Stories. We've talked about this one a lot. It's just perfect for traveling. Again, it's you know it's not much bigger than a small box card size, um, and it's perfect for something like the car. You're not going to just like sit this game out at the, at the at the game table. This yeah. is one that you're only ever going to play away from the game table. Mm-hmm. So that's my number four, Dark Stories. If you haven't heard of that one, look into that one. Sometimes called Black Stories. One. Jeff, yeah. what is your number four? My number four is probably on your list, so just may as well cross off now. Insider. Will do. Um, Insider doesn't have to have really anything because um, it's it's a lot of it's played verbally. You're yeah. just talking and asking questions and asking if it's from Home Depot and how big it is. <laughs> right? bigger so, than a lawnmower. Um, Insider is great. A lot of other um, Oink games could probably fall into that. I think you could probably play Blood Pressure Cafe. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Pretty simply. You don't need to have necessarily like those cards laid out in a certain yeah. way. So. Right. Um, Small boxes. That's good. Yeah. Insider specifically, I think, is also good. Natalie, what is your number four? My number four is um, Monstrosity. Oh, all right. Because, I good mean, one. you have the little boards, you and you're kind of just holding it 
you don't need a table necessarily True. to play it and the other other person is just basically memorizing a card so like a table isn't necessary you can kind of play it wherever true that's very good okay number two for me i'm sorry number three for number me three. Right, number three number three for me are the puzzle books like mm, your journal 29s your codex mysteriums what's the new one that me it's and like david joe just rituals. got the book of rituals the, the book of rituals Maybe, is that it's something rituals so, yeah. these are puzzles that are in a book and uh every puzzle that you solve you can like either look up the answer online book. or the answers in the back of the book and so you don't need anything at all except the book and so it's perfect to play we've actually played it on a train yeah we played it on a train exactly we sure did on our way to chicago and uh these kinds of games are perfect situations for that are you know in the board game realm but you don't have to play it at a game table so these are puzzle books search up journal 29 codex mysterium whatever the other one we just said was ritual something book of rituals rituals. yeah it's a board and dice thing so look it up yeah very cool jeff what's number three my number three is wavelength it can all be played right in the box Hmm. Um, yeah that's great dave length wavelength dave length you take the box off, the little uh, slider uh, cool thing of twisting, all is in the box. Definitely. So you could essentially take the box, if you had nothing to put it on, you could just pass the box. And that is my number three. Love it. Natalie, what is your number three? Uh, my number three is The Mind. You don't need a lot of space to play that one. True. You just need a place to put one little pile of cards. True. And uh Yeah. That's, That's the whole one. I like that it. fits into the category. Yep. <laughs> number two for me is a game that was on Kickstarter a number of years ago. It was uh, during this like spate of time where micro games were a thing, which was like, you know, one couple cards that were in these games. And this one's called Coin Age, and it's basically oh, yeah. just like a credit card. And it's got these little like um, like area majority kind of spots on it, and you play it with coins. Yeah, it was kind of a cool idea. It is like idea. the perfect restaurant game. You can just put you, – because you have it in your wallet, theoretically – and, you know, a lot of people carry change, maybe not in this day and age, but you can still carry a little bit of change around. And then you put it on the table and then you're placing quarters, nickels, dimes and pennies and they go on top of each other. Right. So quarters are worth the most, but they're the easiest to cover up. Mm-hmm. And so it just creates a really cool and fun experience. And it's just very, very tiny. It's called Coin Age. Uh, Jeff, what's your number two? My number two, I've played none of these games, but I'm going to say them. All right. These button shy games that yeah, fit in your back Yeah, button shy. Pocket. I was thinking of those too. It looks so, like a stick of gum. Yeah, I'm just going <laughs> to like say the, the button shies are a lot of, um, sometimes they're just like cards. They look like a foldable wallet sometimes too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and that's what I'm, what's the, yeah, there is like the, the stick gum of gum one? ones that, yeah. the button shies are like almost like You're a flat right. wallet. You're right. The wallet, like Tussie um, Mussie or something. That one, you, you still like, again, conventional table you don't need. A restaurant table, you can easily play this. Yeah. Because um, the cards kind of make up sort of the board as you're playing these games. Um, so that's my number two is button shy games. Awesome. I think pack yeah. of games is oh, what the pack, pack of gum games. ones yeah. are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pack yeah. Of so gum. those are good. All right, Natalie, what's your number two? And number two is a game that we are recently obsessed with, maybe not Jeff, called Order Overload Cafe. Oh, yes, another oink game. Game. Just a bunch of cards. I mean, you do have a little thing in the middle, but that's like, that doesn't barely necessary you know the, yeah. the round counter but that takes up no space and is um like hardly even necessary right, just a you're just cards. holding cards. did you hear ryan talk yep. about penis a second though i did a penis joke no, you just, said there's a little no, thing just, in the middle just, i said all boys have a little thing in the middle yeah <laughs> oh my it's god our, it's our penis number one for me is a game that natalie and i have played so many freaking we times have the same and one. not at the game table oh my god we here we go it is called Love, love letter. letter. Yes. Oh my love god, letter. it's my number one too. Oh my god, can you? Is it really? Is, no. is it really your number one? No, it's not my number one. <laughs> Let so me tell you. Fuckers are gonna say it, so I didn't do it. We played it. Both number ones. Two, 
two We're odd totally places fuckers. we played it are the library and the, foot and the ferry of the and the bear the boat yeah the boat and, and the ferry boat. The boat. yeah yep, yep, yep. the fucking ferry Exactly. Jeff Bush number one, oh, man. That's cute. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's high five. High fiving. Hey. We're so adorable. This is just Jesus. adorable. Right. We'll be right back. Uh, it was on my list. I just didn't do it. Yeah, we came back. They had sex. Now, um, <laughs> they, I, it was on my list. I knew I was going to say it because I knew the two of you were going to say it at the exact same time. <laughs> like, oh my God, that was God, on my list. So damn adorable. I just wrote down interesting and unique, too. So cute. Um, she was angry about that. She was fucking mad at me. Yeah, but then she mad. moved quickly from anger to, you, you were just adorable. Son of a bitch. Um, I have this this game that could fall into a bunch of different categories called Unsolved Case Files, um, which is a like Manila envelope of paperwork where you're solving this mystery. Yeah, um, it That's doesn't right. need like it's cool to just be able to lay out and you could lay it out on the floor. Like Devin and I played it in a hotel room where all of the shit was just like laying on <laughs> the other queen bed that we weren't yeah. sleeping on, right? And we just like laid everything out. Is this the one we so, played in Gen Con last year? That is um, Hunt a Killer or something. Oh, so okay. it's in the same type of thing. That that one has a little more like stuff. There's like locks or okay. like this is all paperwork. Mm-hmm. So you could sit on a paperwork. train and just like look through these this case file. So I think that's kind of a cool thing. Again, it fits in a backpack or a it's it's nothing. It's like a it's twenty pieces of paper. Yeah. Um, but it's got a cool a, a, a fun journey to go through in that. So unsolved case files or something equivalent to that. The Hunter Killer could be another yeah. one. Yeah, very cool. cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that is uh, our top five. Do you guys have any honorable mentions that you wanted to talk about? I, d- I just made five. Yeah, yeah. I have like Strike because um, that's, again, uh, just yeah. kind of Good one. Could hold the box. Um, this Crime Zoom. Some of these these oh, smaller yeah, those box are cool. I kind of want to play are cool. Zoom. You could just whip micro macro out and just unfold that big thing somewhere. Mm-hmm. True. Um, probably not outside. But probably yes. not the best. Skull King Scout, any type of card game, yeah. Red 7, those are cool. Mm-hmm. Um. And then a couple roll and rights you could probably like get away with. Um, totally. Yeah. Pretty easy. And then love letter. <laughs> what <do> you got? <laughs> I had like um, monikers, 20 questions. <laughs> Here we I go. spy. Yeah. The um, license plate. Yeah, right. uh, the padiddle where you the hit the ceiling Z. and there's one light out. You say a slug bug. Uh, animal that starts with A. I say one that starts yeah. with B. <laughs> the yeah. alphabet game. Yeah. Happy Rainbow salmon. Car. Just one. Happy salmon's a good one. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I just, just one and so, so on in that fashion. Yeah, and so the on car, the license plate game, Happy Salmon, and, and so, so on, on in that fashion. <laughs> keep going that way. <laughs> There's a Futurama joke where this guy, these aliens, come to Earth, and they're like, they're like, they're gonna kill everybody. They're yeah. like, if you don't do this, we're gonna kill everybody. Starting with, they're like, starting with the lawyers, and then the math teachers, and so on in that yeah. fashion. <laughs> like what the fuck? Like what fashion? Yeah, what fashion exactly. is that? So hopefully you found a new game or two that you might enjoy looking up and playing playing if you're in a situation where you're not at a game table but you still really want to play a game and if not i don't know fuck you <laughs> so that's going to do it for us tonight everybody if you'd like to get a hold of us you can find us on instagram at gamecasters or at mad board gamer both of those accounts service the podcast we also have a facebook group just search gamecasters and you'll find us there you can also email us at the gamecasters podcast at gmail.com if you like the show, we'd love it if you consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen that allows you to rate us. We've also got a Patreon. If you want to support the show, feel free to head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Gamecasters. There's also a merch store where you can find all sorts of different Gamecasters, Mad Board Gamer, Gateway gear. So head on over to the gatewaynetwork.com forward slash store. Please follow me and consider subscribing on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Gamecasters. So for Natalie and Jeff the Mad Board Gamer, I'm Ryan. And you have been listening to The Gamecasters. Good night, everybody. Uh-huh.
You're supposed to say hello. <laughs> Like, you were going to go hello, and then I was going to be I hello. thought you wanted me to, like, harmonize. And I, was like, I, I did. Yeah, you did, but then you just stopped. I, like, I, like, like panicked. Like, always. Okay, start over. No, no, no. It's, the magic no. has passed. All right. Now we're just giving no, me okay. Just give me some mm-hmm. levels. Oh, we're still? Okay. You haven't said anything yet. Yeah, I'm talking right now. Isn't this your levels? What are you doing on yes, your phone? this is. <laughs> what is so important? Nothing. <laughs> get it out of here. You get it out. You're just like, what are you talking about, levels? Boop, 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 boop. I'm talking. What are you talking about? Levels one, two, check, three, four.